When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome to Knife Talk. It's a podcast for all you people. Whatever you do, knife makers, knife enthusiasts, blah, 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 blah. I'm Jeff Vader from Vader Knives, and I'm fortunate enough to be here with um, Mareko Momasi, Momasi Fire Arts, and the czar, Craig Lockwood of Chop Knives. What's going on, guys? The czar. So good. The czar. <laughs> yeah, the czar. Apparently so. John, who, who was it who called me the czar? Who John Ariani. Sunset oh, Forge called you the, the czar. And, and you know what it comes from? It comes from now that we're on the Makery, channel, Makery Network, which is now busting through your eardrums in, in all sorts of ways. Um, we're starting to get some ads on the East Coast, uh, on the Northeast. I think it's, it's the tri-state area. I think it's just New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut, to be honest with you. And um, <laughs> we got one And in two episodes ago with, the, with Dr. Larry Thomas, right before we started talking about the unfortunate parts of having a doer, there was, a, there was an ad, and John said, that's the czar Craig Lockwood. He puts him wherever the hell he wants. And she called you the czar. Should we tell them what we did to John then? Yeah, go ahead. Give him a hell. So there was an ad played for Corona beer. Oh, um, right. And John John didn't like the idea of that. First of all, we play in ads, and that um, that I'd put a, an ad where, where but, it shouldn't have been. Maybe. But you got to back up, back up, because John, <laughs> John Ariane is the greatest because he was getting, he got subscribed onto your newsletter. <laughs> and this is what it comes down to. He it got does, on the yeah. Chop Knives newsletter, and like all of us, and I don't anymore. You click unsubscribe to the emails. Well, one day I got a call from, I got a message from Craig. I said, Did Sunset Forge unsubscribe from my newsletter? And I'm like, I How don't dare know. he? How dare he? And then, and then it was like, <laughs> now you and you and John have this little kind of back and forth, which is I this little enjoy. fake beef, which is quite funny. But um, yeah, so he complained on Jeff's podcast that we start putting ads in. So um, I got his phone number from Jeff, and I started bombarding his phone with ads, saying, <laughs> buy Corona beer, buy Corona beer, use, use Knife Talk 10 to get a free drink in straw. I didn't give you his number. I didn't give you his number. John, John, I don't know what he's talking about. John. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now oh, I'm yeah. going to get thanks a lot, Craig. Now I'm going to get fucking killed. <laughs> so, guys, what, what's, what's been going on this week? What have you been up to? It's been it's been super hot here. It's been ridiculous, like to the point of having to go for a swim in the lakes, you know, or sort of nine p.m. just to cool down. And yeah, it's it's been uncomfortable, and especially now we're all wearing masks again. Every time you leave the house, it's back to wearing masks. So mm. it's been super super hot. So um, difficult to get stuff done in the shop to be on, and difficult to get motivated to get work done. Right. Um, but I've been working on a a few camp knives, um, which is something quite new for me. Um, and I've really enjoyed it. So the, the knives and the, the Kydex sheaths as well. And, you know, it's a bit of a learning curve for me, that. So it's, it's, been, it's been a good week, really. Really good week. Nice. I saw one of them looks like they got like a, 
a bottle opener on the front of it. A it pop has. Guard. It has. And th- that took me a while to get used to, to, to sort of get it in the right position, because first of all, I was going to have that as almost like the Spanish notch, you know, I was going to use the, the shape of the bottle opener for that. Sure. Um, but then when you try to open a bottle, obviously the blade is coming down on the on the bottle cap. So it yeah. had to be moved back just a, just a little bit, so you get this flat this flat bit of steel, which is enough to sort of break the cap off. Um, and the amount of people who said you couldn't use that—it's way too dangerous. I'm like, Jesus! If if you can't open a bottle without cutting yourself, you shouldn't be using a knife in the first <laughs> place, you know. But um, yeah, it's quite it's quite a cool design actually. Um, it's 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 lethal. It's it's quite a big blade on it. It's quite blade heavy. Um, but yeah, really enjoyed it and made the. The first sort of proper Kydex sheaths that I've, you know, I've messed around in the past, but these were specifically for these few knives that I've made this week, and um, they come out really well, really well. Bit of a bit of a problem I have with the rivets, um, where they, I, I don't think I had the right rivets to begin with, where a few of them were split in when I was hitting them, you know, onto the little anvil. Oh, you to, can't to hit to flare them. Up. Oh, you can't do that. You got the you rivet master get... on here. Dude. Well, I did try the uh, the drill press way of doing things, uh, which a lot of people told me about, but, you know, by putting the, the flared die into the uh drill press and using that as a right. press but um the same thing was happening so i just think they were just bad bad uh bad rivets you can't so get bad eyelets i've had i had a batches of bad eyelets a lot of yeah. it has to do with also how slow you do it like if you do it slower you'll less tears but oh, i have okay. had batches i've had yeah if you go go if you go full blast it, it fucks them all up a lot of times <laughs> they're just they can't bend fast you know they just start to tear in yeah. one or two places, and that happens. That sucks. Um, but if you I go can... slowly, and to ease it, yeah, you gotta ease it in, right? Already, what are we? Five minutes. <laughs> Not, 30 me. Seconds Not me. Not me. Not me. Not <laughs> me. The other thing is, is there's a height because all the kydex is different heights. Yes. So yes. The, the the thicker your two pieces of kydex are together, and the less there is to flare over, the less likely it is to to rivet over. But I yeah. did get. Um, there's a type of die. Uh, I don't know. I guess you call it an anvil to die. And it flares. It rolls them over so it's not... Um, I talked about it a couple episodes ago. It's not... It doesn't just kind of like bend them over. It, it rolls them over so it looks like... Because usually there's like a nice side and a bad side. Yeah. But the flared ends um, definitely make it nicer. I just also, also bought... I didn't... I was loath to do it. But I bought a um, an Arbor Press just for eyelets just so i can mm. have a dedicated so i don't have to take things out of the the chuck sure. all the time nice, nice. yeah yeah but i've that's... got beef as, as well jeff oh, you took ahead. the piss last week when i said about getting the knockoff uh tech locks within what well, within 24 hours there's a little message uh where did you get these tech locks then you go <laughs> yeah i've ordered like six thousand of them <laughs> online <laughs> well a hundred of them actually <laughs> i didn't take the piss out of you i you know what i didn't see i mean yes Listen to me. You did. Listen yes, to me. You did. I didn't take the piss out of you. I just didn't believe it. I, ah, I thought. Yeah. I thought. What are you talking about? He said. He said. My wife can't tell the difference. I'm like, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, let's see. So you sent me a link, and I was just like, fuck me. It's clear that the factory, the TechLock, has their shit made. Somebody on the line is being like, let's just not put this. Uh, let's just not put the <laughs> yeah. logo on, and let's just resell them. They're identical. Yeah. So. And super, super cheap oh, compared man. to the real things. How so, many yeah. messages besides mine did you get? Where's a link for those cheap tech locks? I didn't. You were the only one. You were the all only right. one. Well, surprised. then I'm the one yeah. who's getting all the DMs. I get all the DMs. <laughs> for some reason, I think everyone on the podcast, if they don't send a message to Knife Talk, they send it directly to me. And they also get a little too familiar. 
everything is hi Mareko or hi Craig and hey Fader. It's just all like very like everyone's getting a little bit too in informal with me. Well, admin at knifetalk.net could just go straight to you now. I forwarded all the emails yeah. and it goes straight to I'm you. So surprised. that must be what it is. I'm not surprised. But, yeah. One guy said, one guy said, one guy said, I, 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 he said something like, and I was like, you know, I think you're getting a little too informal with me. And he goes, well, you're kind of like my father. And I said, I said, I'm not, he said, you're like a father to me. You guys are like fathers. I was like, I'm not your parent. And he goes, but come on, come on. Something like, come on, dad. I said, all right, my son, now get off my phone. He goes, like, get leave me alone. So, so back to um, Kydex rivets. Right. Um, I, I need some advice. So, I've been looking at the coloured ones, which seem to be plastic. No. Have either of you guys used them? They're not good plastic. Or... They're, they're like not. powder coated. Ah, okay. They look as if they're plastic. But they. Okay. But here's the problem. Some of them, you know, they're made out of like brass, and then yeah, um, and they just coat them. Right. What okay. happens is, is, if you if it's like and they're powder coated, and you would think that they would crack a little bit, which is true. Hmm. So if you don't put it, if you're not like if you don't get the if some if you have a scratch on your little eyelet roller or whatever the hell it is, you can yeah. chip off the paint. But I like I like the I get the colored ones all the time. It's hmm. not they're not some of them are not easy to get, and I like to especially if I have like a chef's knife that's like let's say it's let's say it's blue and green or something like that, then I'll use blue Kydex and then I'll match it with some green eyelets but they're not yeah. the, the colored eyelets aren't easy to get mm. okay cool. but they're not plastic that would be crazy i mean right, okay. <laughs> that, well that's what i was wondering they, they they look like plastic i'm thinking how would they hold up how would they roll I, without sort of splitting i'm it? assuming yeah, okay. that they're powder coated but i mean only because they they crack like you know the paint comes off like powder coating but i have no idea honestly yeah maybe okay. they're painted maybe maybe so that was my week anyway, these, these few camp knives, um, and uh, I made a, a Kydex press as well for the, for the Kydex, which was, you know, pretty simple. And um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Pretty I, much it. I, uh, I changed out all my handmade presses with professional ones, and the professional ones are so much better. The steel ones Ooh. are... <laughs> you motherfucker, you. I'm going to get you an eyelet right now. Um, yeah, because if they're made out of steel, you don't, you don't need so many. They don't... The, the backing won't bend that much unless you're using yeah. like thick plywood or something. So I got uh, the steel ones and they're pretty slick. Is that the one with the chain and you pull down on the chain? The and... Fuck the chain. The chain goes right in the no. garbage. The chain goes okay. right in the scrap bin. I just, I put them on the, <laughs> I just use a, a clamp and I clamp them to, they're right on a table with like a two by four, you know, the table's made out of a, you know, two by fours in wood. And then mm. I just put a clamp down between the top of the press and the bottom of the two by four. And that's good enough for me. Got you. Got you. All right, then. Uh, Morocco, what have you been up to this week? Uh, well, it was my birthday on Tuesday. Ah, yes. I forgot. I forgot to message you on the day. And yesterday, it came up that it was your birthday. I, I'm rarely going on Facebook these days. And it came up. And I was like, oh, shit. Mm. shit. Well, it was clearly don't. Yeah, you don't care. <laughs> yeah, clearly, you don't care. It's fine. Yeah. Clearly, you don't and care. I will say thank you to Jeff. You That's were right. the first birthday message. Well... I listen. I I care and I listen and I remember. I heard the podcast. I heard you say August twenty first, and I thought well, I woke up one morning. I said, "Oh, it's August twenty first. It's Mareko's birthday." I sent him a message now, so I can so I don't forget now. But Craig doesn't care, so you know he doesn't believe. Obviously, in, he doesn't yeah, believe obviously. in birthday. He's too busy with his like you know Rambo beer knife. <laughs> My Rambo beer knife. <laughs> That's what you should name it. Uh, um, Sylvester's Labone or something like that. I don't know. I thought something like that. <laughs> Drunk Wait, Sylvester. Miracle's uh, week. Yes, Miracle's week. 
so, but uh, I actually worked half the day on my birthday. Um, everything's going pretty smooth in the shop right now, knife-wise. Uh, but slow and a little slow and steady. Just make sure, you know, don't make any mistakes. I'm tired of making mistakes on stuff. I'm, I'm working on one knife in particular that is on a time, like a very specific time schedule. So I got to make sure I don't mess anything up and have to start over or back up of, you know, a few days on it or something like that. Uh, so, but things, I think last week I was talking about having to, wanting to go slow on the handle shaping and the handle shaping all went great. Uh, I finished the hand sanding yesterday and got my first etch, uh, for depth on the blade. Uh, it's a carbon steel, uh, knife. And then, so not today, but tomorrow, um, I'll be working on it. But anyways, uh, oh, so yeah, so I worked half the day and then, um, and then uh, my wife and I had actually had our anniversaries on the 9th. And so we did a kind of belated uh, wet, like wedding anniversary kind of date night. Um, because on our actual anniversary, we had our son's birthday party. Um, and so we actually, but <laughs> our quote unquote date night uh, included a two hour drive to go pick up some toys uh, from somebody <laughs> that we, uh, my wife found on Facebook uh, Marketplace. But it's great because they're like, they're uh, like cleanup toys. They're like <laughs> custodial toys. <laughs> it's what? a vacuum. It's a vacuum, a mop, a hand broom, <laughs> a duster, and a broom. And uh, the goal, I, I think, the, the goal is to get him to make chores seem like play, right? So he he can start doing <laughs> all, you know carrying rent. his weight. <laughs> this is some low rent birthday idea right there. Custodial to make a let's have custodial day. <laughs> you should just put him like, hey, like sponges on his feet and have him walk around. Uh, oh, does he already? Four? Yeah. Pull his four. My, my, my girls are into that already. They've got they've got sweeping brushes and they love it. Yeah, they love my it. Son loves not, it. Not much help, Get obviously. The but they, both of you, the both of you are I'm hilarious. Serious. Yeah, they show he loves it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what did he do? Uh, was he psyched? He was stoked. He's psyched to let's clean up, Dad. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. So I showed him how to <laughs> like hold a broom and, <laughs> and sweep and all that shit. Oliver he Twist it. shit right here. It's some Oliver yeah. Twist shit right here. <laughs> Just put uh, your hand up the chimney, boy. Something like that, right? Mm, I don't what else? So, so, so yeah. <laughs> and then. Uh, so what did so you I... do besides 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 getting the toys? What did you guys do for your date? Anything else? Yeah. So I mean. So things are around here are, you know, we, we're not necessarily trying to uh, go out a lot because uh, unless obviously we got to go to the grocery store or something like that. But, yeah. uh, you know, we, we're still spending a lot of time around our my wife's parents and, uh, you know, we're and, you know, occasionally see like grand, great grandparents and stuff like that. So we're not trying to overexpose ourselves. Right. And so the my wife's parents were in in town watching our our kids so that we could go out so what we actually ended up doing is going over to their house and hanging out and i made dinner over there and we just hung out over at their place and basically it was just yeah you know, a break break from the dude basically uh for yeah. the evening uh which was needed uh i think it's been almost two or three years since we had like a proper date night wow um, and so and so yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> so much we, needed, yeah. Yeah, we made dinner, watched a movie, and then we zoomed back home and uh, you know, let the babysitters go back home. 
Um, they're used to going to bed at like seven or eight, and you know they didn't get home until nine thirty. Did you leave but... them with like a sink full of dishes? <laughs> no, no. Oh, no. That would have been did, the best. Did all the dishes. In fact, we left we left some uh, some steak for them. Ah. So if I come near your house and cook, I leave you food and, and do just, the dishes. And send oh, send nice. your kid over. Say, don't worry, bring Victor over. He'll do the <laughs> yeah, dishes you know, after. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, uh, but nice. yeah. And then today is my actual my quote unquote actual birthday party. Uh, oh. But it's mo- it's more like just getting people to come over and hang out and eat some good food. Uh, I made t- uh, this kind of like poor man's uh, pizza oven <laughs> with concrete bricks. Really? And, uh, yeah, and it works fucking awesome. I made wow, cool. I made pizzas the other night um, out of this thing, and it cost like it would cost less than fifty bucks in materials from uh, from Home Depot. And I wow, how'd you yeah. make it? So you take these large uh, flagstones or concrete flagstone, or like step stepping stones. They're I think they're sixteen by twenty four, and then and so that brick is like less, just under seven bucks, and oh. then you t- you get a bunch of concrete like like masonry bricks, right. um, that are like two inch by three and a half by whatever seven and a half inches or something like that and you build it up underneath so you have one level like you do uh three or four courses of the of the masonry brick and then you put the big stepping stone on top and then you do a couple more courses and then another stepping stone on top of that so you at the very bottom you put the fire in the middle is where you cook and then top is your lid that kind of helps and uh cycle the heat over the top of where the pizza will be cooking and it's super cheap super easy and it worked great um Mm. and so today today as we're recording is sunday uh i'm making pizza for my birthday um i don't know how many people you have coming over uh there's going to be 15 total six of those are kids um six of those yeah something like that and so um yeah so i'm going to be making what is it I, uh, yeah, it's like eight pizzas I'm going to be making off of this thing, which should be interesting. And it cooks up, like, once you get it up to temp, it takes like five minutes to cook the pizza. So, ideally, everything going really smoothly. I can get, I'll start with the kids' pizza and finish with the grown up pizzas all within an hour. Uh, but nice. I'll be I'll be working the whole time. I'll make sure I I get the first slice off of everything though. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, if I'm doing the work, <laughs> to make sure. one that's of each. <laughs> a, that's the best part about doing all the cooking. You get first bites. Um, That'll be fun. That's always fun. I think cooking at a party is always fun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I I usually do the cooking on my birthday. Um, if I'm if I'm wanting to eat good food, unless we go to a Damn, restaurant or something like that. That's the second time you've done that to your your poor wife. No, you know, right? If I want to, to eat to, good to food. everybody. All right. There you go. There you go. No. Nice. Sounds like you're going to have a good day. All yeah, good. it should be good. Good stuff. Jeff, what's your week been like? Sucked. Oh, again. It sucked. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I well, where do we begin with? I got all this wood. I actually, uh, I was out in Long Island last week, uh, dropped my kid yeah, off my drive? sister's. It was fine. You know, out to Long Island, uh, dropped my kid off, and then I picked up some wood. Tony's got me some uh, North Fork cherry, and I started to process it. And on Monday, I brought it back, and I started kind of chop, uh, cutting it up, and I broke my goddamn electric chainsaw with four inches of wood to cut to spare. That was annoying. And then uh, and then Tuesday came in, and then the, 
the property manager, the the guy who runs the whole building, said that the power's out. So I had no power Monday, uh, Tuesday, and then I just cleaned the shop up. I'm just all that's all I could do is I had a, the generator actually actually I had the generator running the the circular saw so I could kind of process more of the wood, and then I had the you know the generator running the lights so I could just clean the shop and I gave the shop a big cleanup and then I came in Wednesday, and I was like, all right, well let's. It's, hopefully it's back on and they said it wasn't back on so i went back out to long, i decided to drive back out to long island to pick my kid up and i i had a meeting with tony and we had some lunch and talked about things and what, that, what was the reason for the electricity being off i don't know but some of my listeners some of the followers think that i should have hit Paid the breakers <laughs> no nothing to do with me no it was the, the there was there was a uh storm and it knocked out some pole or something like that i don't, ah. know, I don't I don't really give a shit, to be honest with you. But if the funny, everyone's like, did you hit the breakers? I'm like, yeah, asshole. The whole building. It's not the, my breakers. It's the whole building. <laughs> you know, it's, come on, guys. It's like, what do you think? If, they, if the manager t- of the building tells me the power's out, it's not like I'm going to you know, fix it on a DM. It's like ridiculous, <laughs> but, which is fine. And then uh, and then I get, came back and got I Thursday and Friday, I just like try to catch up and then and then yesterday i had the i had the exterminators come i had the exterminators come for my hornets ah well we the i had the the uh i had a very unfortunate uh interaction with the estimator the estimator uh you know these exterminator companies they have an estimator come up and then they'll do all the heavy lifting and then they'll send it back to the office and then you know then they'll all their guys they'll just run them through all the different jobs so i i told them i said well you know my shop is like 10 minutes from the house so just let me know ahead of time and i'll be there when they the estimator comes so i get this message from this estimator i'm sitting outside your house and the dogs are barking and i'm only gonna wait here five more minutes if you want me to be in the i was like fuck this so i ran home and i said i told your office that i was i wasn't here well i just i had a lot to do and i was like like, this isn't going well right off the right off the shoot. So we, I lead her back in and show her the the. I have these bald faced hornets in the backyard, and she sees us. Like, oh my god, that's huge! I was like, that's not really what I wanted to hear, but fine. That's right. She said it was <laughs> there was a large nest, and then I started, and then she started. She had a piece of paper with a drawing of the backyard and writing on this. And I'm asking her questions, and I ask her a couple of questions, and she goes, she puts her hand up, and she goes. Shh. Honey, I'm trying to answer some. I'm trying to write something down. <laughs> oh, she shushed me, called me honey. Honey, Did she do the whole neck thing as well. What the neck honey. thing? What's the neck thing? You know the neck where they they sort of move the head without the neck moving. No, it's a weird, weird wobble thing. <laughs> no, this wasn't like out of. No, neck. She wasn't. It wasn't like it was just. A, I know what you're trying to say, but no, there wasn't. It wasn't snapping her neck, and it wasn't honey child with her snapping the neck. No, it was like this woman. She was like she had had it with me, and she shushed me in the backyard. And all I could think of was I fucking you hornets. All you, all I ask you to do now is sting this woman right now. I want you to sting this woman right now. So I started asking her some more questions. I, you know, as soon as she said, "Let me finish writing this," and she held her finger up, I kept it. Obviously, I'm not going to wait. I'm like, now it's just like, all right, now I'm going to double the questions because you know you're that you can't do. So how much is this thing going to cost? And she, well, you guys want to try to guess how much, how what the estimation, what, what they were going to charge me to get rid of this giant. Wasp, a hornet's nest was? $150. That'd be good. $300. 270 bucks all day. Yikes. It's a lot. And uh, yes. they said that it was a lot, but at the same time, 
we came to the conclusion, Hillary and I were like, well, I fixed the washing machine three times. I fixed the plumbing four times. I fixed, I fixed all these things without having to hire anybody. Let's just let, you know, let's let Jeff not have to deal with this. And the other thing was, is I was really worried about, I was worried about because my next door neighbor has small kids. And the last thing, I don't know how these bugs oh, work. You know, I just mm. didn't, the thought, thought of a kid getting stung in the neighborhood is just, I was like, let the professionals come. So, yeah. so the woman likely to come back. Well, so here's the so so I, was, I said, what's the what's the thing? And she's like, oh, well, the guy's gonna come, and then he's gonna treat it, and then they'll come back and take it. So I'm like, okay, great. So you gotta be home on Sunday, Saturday. I'm like, no problem. So I'm thinking about it. So my wife's like, two seventy. It seems like a lot. I'm like, I don't want. What do you want me to do? You go to the hospital for real? I mean, I, I'm not gonna do. What am I gonna do? So the guy shows up, and he was a good dude. He was a good dude. And I'm, all I can think of is. 270 bucks i am taking all the content i can take so i started filming the, i mean it's like i mean seriously i gotta squeeze this lemon for all every drip so i start to take i got real close and they weren't stinging me and it was it was they're scared i have it on my highlights but it was it was like there was a pile of them and they were going in and out and it was like it was like their base camp and they were going on these like little planes going on sorties. You know, it was, it was a little bit intimidating and they were, you could see them kind of flying, whizzing past your head and it wasn't close enough. They would sting me and the dogs have stopped peeing over there because they've just gotten stung too many times. So all of a sudden they finish and then the guy comes he comes he just dressed normal and he comes and looks he's like oh yeah there it is i don't need a ladder no no ladder makes it cheaper which thank you very much it's like they were ready to get me like oh we got two steps we gotta get a pet charge so he said i'm gonna put on my beekeeper outfit and uh and then we're gonna treat it so i'm like i can't wait so so i come back and i'm like this is worth the 270 bucks this guy is like miserable and i said i, I said it in the video i said you look great and he goes it's hot, and I feel like the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. And he waddled over, and he had this little squeezer full of dust. And he just kind of got right in there. And as soon as he got close, he obviously didn't put the he didn't. I didn't film this part, but he didn't put it on. He didn't put it on tight enough. He got stung right out of the. I mean, like the, in the beat, there was like a little line. There was like a little line between the the helmet and the shirt or something like that. Oh, and he just, I was like, you got stung already. I what was good about that beekeeper outfit? And he's just like, well, you know, sometimes they'll, you know, they're really mad. So he squ- sprayed them. And then um, I guess what happens is they all like they all look they die <laughs> and they all come back in at night and then they all die and then. Um, they're going to come back in the end of the week. So as soon as I posted, I got a message from Andreas Kalani, who does these amazing um, handles. He does a lot of work with, I said, last week I said Acrolyte, but it isn't Acrolyte, it's Alumalite. He does a lot of... Ah, st- I know the stuff. I don't know why, I said Acrolyte, I don't know why I did it, but it, it was it's Alumalite. And he does these incredible handles with, um, he composes these like... Um, he, he builds like landscapes in them. Yeah, like little landscapes, like these beautiful. With and then he's yeah. got bugs and he's got all this stuff and there's no bubbles and they're beautiful. And he sends me this message. He says, "Get me as many of those as you can, and we'll make some handles." And I'm like, "Okay, if you want." And I and I thought that'd be great, but the guy, I think that the spray he puts on, I think it like dissolves them. <laughs> I think it, he, he said. said something along the lines yeah. of like, "They're you get eaten alive." I'm like, "All right, we're gonna." Well, Andreas, I'll do the best I can. I'm gonna end up sending him like a you know a bunch of legs or something. I have no idea. <laughs> legs Wasp and wings. leg handle. Yeah, yeah. 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 So and then and nice. then uh, Jeremy Spake sent him. He's like, you gotta do some handles with every this, all the guys. All my buddies are just like, well, let's make something happen with them. And then a lot of people wanted me to 
stabilize the hive. So what's going to happen is I'm not going to do that. I think it isn't. I think those hives are made of like wasp spit or wasp farts or I don't know. I don't know how. <laughs> Wasp. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's not like it's not like a nest like a bird does. I think they like barf out their home or something. Mm. I mean, I don't know what it is. But I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. So what they're gonna do is they're gonna take it away and then, uh, you know, because they don't want it to come back. You know, if they kill right. them, the, the I guess new wasps can use it again. So they're gonna remove it. I don't think I'm gonna right. Fall, I don't think I'm gonna fuck around with it at all. So fair enough. There so did you, you get any work done this week? I did. I got some work done. I got uh, worked on some. Uh, I just it was like I like to be a little bit more organized, but the problem is, is because I had two days missing, I had it was a lot of jumping around. So um, it was a lot of it was a little bit too much jumping around for me. I like to have very very specific tasks in the morning and the afternoon, and I just ended up. I was like jumping around too much for my own, mm. but I got some knives ready for heat treatment and got some handles glued up. And, you know, there's a lot of business, a lot of co- conference calls and business meetings, which is, you know, it just takes time out of your life. But yeah. Yeah. How are you going to heat treat those knives? Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. To the chopper! Yeah, and I'm actually going to be using uh, the, my even heats to dry out some of this wood. I've been, um, over the weekend, I did a little test where I, I, I tempered some knives and then I turned off the oven and I put some wood in and just let it kind of slowly. These, these, this wood is very, very wet, so I have to, like, I get dehumidifiers. And, but I'm going to be using, I'm going to be drying out all the wood once I'm, before I'm ready for uh, stabilizing in all my even heats. Mm. I'll use the even heat for Kydex this week as well. Works pretty well. Did you have to make like a rack? Um, yeah. So I, I put like a, it's like a really fine sort of mesh thing and I just sort of bend the edges over a bit so it stands up itself and I, and I put it on top of there. Yeah, it worked really well. Really well. Nice. So shall we get on to some questions? If you've got questions for us. Contact us via DM at Knife Talk on Instagram. It's that easy. You're- hey, man. Can I ask you a question? You're hitting buttons all over the place. <laughs> really? He's got oh drumsticks gosh. on his, on his side. Louise. Uh, yeah. So, if you got questions, don't send them to Jeff. Please send them to the Knife Talk <laughs> podcast if you actually want them answered. Um, so, I'm going to kick it off. This first one is from Moonshine Metalworks. He says, what's the worst piece of advice you've ever been given as a knife maker? Either from other knife makers or just random randomers telling you what you should do. Worst piece of advice. Mm. Moonshine Metalworks is going to be a guest on the Full Blast podcast in two weeks. I'm oh, super excited. Leave it. Shameless leave it plugs. Out. Yeah, Jeez. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, yes, exactly. That's why worst I said piece it. Piece of advice. Um, I I don't think that I got any sort of worse. That I think most people, though, you know, when they give advice, they they think they're doing the right thing, but you know, just lots of oh, you know, what you should do is you know you should have a handle three times the size or you know a blade six foot long, that kind of thing. All those stupid bits uh, telling you what you should be making, but no, no real sort of bad advice really. Um, no, not for me. I I've had people tell me like i should make all kinds of silly stuff i can't even really think of anything right now and at first i used to be really annoyed by it because i'm like no i'm like i'm good with where i'm at i'm gonna just keep going in that direction 
but mm. I do, I have started thinking about the idea of making some, um, kind of innocuous everyday objects out of some, out of like my mosaic Damascus or something like that. Um, like, like a, uh, like going, have you ever seen those, uh, cross or what is it? The sliding ruler, like the, the angle and, and, uh. You can adjust, not adjust the angle, the right angle. Uh, like a tri-square. Yeah, like a tri-square. God, I can't talk right now. It's still Some early. people call them, I think they call them also like engineer's squares. Or carpenters oh, yeah, squares. sure. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, so, I'm only saying that because I'm going to get the, the email. So they're called that. They're called, they're called this. Yeah. Yeah. You if know. you have any comments, please, yeah. again, send them yeah. to Knife Talk Podcast. Mossy Fire Arts at Gmail. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, replacing the body. So keeping the ruler and some of the, you know, mechanism like mechanics or, you know, hardware that keeps everything together and working properly and, and making, uh, the body out of Damascus or something like that, you know, that could be um, pretty cool. Can I tell yeah, just, you that I keep going? Sorry. Oh, I mean, that was basically, but just like taking this like really time intensive <laughs> material that it takes a lot to make and then making something kind of stupid like making a paper clip or something out of it or something you know some <laughs> some stupid shit like that <laughs> nothing know. brings out pattern mosaic damascus like a, made out of a made into a paper clip exactly <laughs> but actually no, it's just it's, it's for my own entertainment more than anything you you reminded me i had an idea that i was i was tempted to talk about as a bit and i think in, we were talking about the cook along and i thought about the build along it would be really cool if somebody figured out and i'm sure this has been done before but forged simple uh razor blade holders like you know those razor knives or something that holds the d disposable razor blades it mm. would be really cool to make you, you I, mean like I, a safety razor right uh, like the handle yeah safety handle razor or or, yeah the handle not the razor but like you know like a you forge a little something that you know like oh, yeah. the size of a bottle opener that you could use to hold blades i think Definitely. it would be a really kind of a neat i would be i was thinking I do you mean like um like 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 a Stanley knife blade, that yeah. kind of yeah yeah. Um, so I don't know if you know uh Jaco Jaco whatever on yes um, yes. So he made the maker knife, which was one of them, and you can you can just refill it with these with these like Stanley blades, um, and it's really cool, and it's like it's like a sliding mechanism on there, so they come up as you know as they would on one of those knives anyway. Mm. Um, but it's made. I think they made a titanium. He did a couple of versions of them. Um, they're really cool. Yeah, the the makeup lady called it. But it, as like a, a a forging exercise or like a construction exercise, there must be an oh, okay. easy way to okay. do one that would be because you know that's the thing is everyone says, well, what should we forge? We remember forging knives, and I was thinking about thinking about it. And you had tongs and bottle openers, but it'd be cool if someone could come up with a very simple method of making something that holds mm. razor blades. You know, that'd be a really kind of a neat project. So I was I was thinking yeah. about that when you mentioned that. It'd be cool. Yeah, that's... pretty good advice. Nice. I like that. Nice. Any bad advice then, or the worst piece of advice? What the question was for, yeah, for me for or for somebody? Yeah, else? for you. Oh no! I originally that's what I was saying. I thought it was all stupid, and now in the last six months or so, I've thought it would be really funny more than anything <laughs> to mm. try to start making some of these things that I have in my head, bouncing around in there. I had all sorts of, I've had the similar things like, you know, you should do, you know, that's where we came up with the old joke about, you know, what you should do all these com guys coming up with these ideas that they think that they're going to like, I have had a guy uh, sneak into my DMS and say, 
that idea you had, I talked to you about it. I mentioned it. On, it was my idea. I mentioned it on Instagram Live. That was me. I was the. I was just like, get out of my life. I mean, seriously, it's just like get out of my life. But um, I had a customer once say to me, I don't. He he he. We had a you know when we do this uh, signature series knives or the chef series knives, we have a deadline, and you know it's a lot of it's because of you know I just don't have the time to. I can't make ten thousand knives. And we're trying to keep it as, you know, limited as possible. So he closed the doors and he sent me a message and he goes, I don't mean to, I don't mean to tell you how to do your job, but if you made it's more knives, right yeah, there. it's the, I mean, it's like, get the fuck out of my life. He said, I don't mean to, I don't mean to tell you how to do your job, but if you made more knives, you'd make more money. <laughs> it was just like, I don't mean this to tell you. guy's a mathematician. <laughs> I was like, wow. I, I cannot believe you wrote me that fucking message. He's just going to mean to tell your job, but if you had more stuff available then people would buy it, it was, and this is actually a, a a relatively famous restaurant owner in the midwest and it was just like listen dude go slap around whatever you're doing and leave me alone it's like yeah thank you thanks for the excellent advice i do think people. that some of the worst advice that people do is comes from knife makers and it's usually like you can't make a business out of knife making and it's always because they couldn't do it. That means if they can't do it, they think no one can do it. And mm. I think that that's yeah. always the worst thing that you can tell somebody is, oh, you're making a mistake. You can't make any money making knives. I, th I, hate, I hate it when people, I hate it when I hear people say that. Yep, people suck. We, we, we come to this conclusion every week, basically. The three of us were like, yeah, people suck. Um, just I'll give you some <laughs> advice from my, well, not advice, but it was like my, my exterminator. When he was talking to me about the bald face hornets, he says, they, I said, these things seem super aggressive. And he goes, they hate humans. And I was thinking, you know what? I don't blame so them. Do All I. of a sudden, I started feeling very compassionate towards these assholes. Like, these things hate humans. I'm like, I don't blame them. Stay okay. away. Next question from, oh, geez. I think it's Van Die Men Iron, I think. Or Van Diemen Iron. Or Van Diemen Iron. Something yeah. like that, yeah. Um, hey there, QDs. Just want to thank you all for the work that you do for the podcast. Love listening to it. Could you possibly discuss the pros and cons of using a grinding jig? I've only made a couple of knives. Some say just to do it freehand is it's beneficial in the long run. He says, cheers, oh, and Fader, I'm with you. Pros and cons of using a grinding jig. I think we've done this in the past, but let, yeah, let's do it quickly. Um, either of you use jigs? Sure. Yeah, pros and cons. I mean, pros... You're you're getting something very uh, repetitive, and it's a little bit. You're not going to have as many stumbling points, and it makes you more efficient. And you know, especially if you're doing like a Scandi grind, you can get the real, real tight uh, lines that are tough to do. And the cons are, people seem to think that that's cheating. <laughs> I mean, that's. Yeah. I mean, you know, whatever it takes. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much with you. So I use I use a jig. Probably 50% of the time now. Um, I was doing some Scandi grinds this week, and again, the jig was great to set to set the bevel. And once I've got the bevel set and it's, and it's ground in a bit, I then remove it, and I can then do it sort of freehand. Uh, but it just gets me dialed into the, the angle that I want. Um, and if I'm doing, you know, lo large runs of things, I'll also use it to set the bevel length. So I I'd, I'd don't really use it for finishing. Um, you know, I'll, I'll use it to, to get the angles exactly how I want them each time. Um, once it's ground in and I've got something to work with, I can then remove it from the jig and, and carry on. Um, I think, you know, 
Yeah, I think there's massive pros to them. Cons to them is they, if you're doing maybe just one or two knives, it can be quite time-consuming setting all your angles and and making sure everything's right. Um, you know, it, it probably qu- is quicker freehand if you're doing one or two knives. But when you've got a bunch of them, just, yeah, just crack on. It's, yeah. it's, it's a massive pro for me, the way I work. I, I've never used a jig. I'm, I'm one of those, the freehanders, but I've always thought if I were to ever hire somebody and I wanted to somehow you know, train them up on some of the grinding stuff. Grinding is one of the trickier things to do in the shop. And for them to kind of like expedite that learning curve, the jig is the only thing that makes sense. Um, I have nothing against jigs. I remember seeing something on Instagram or something a while ago about somebody basically making people who use jigs sound like a bunch of fucking idiots. But the reality is like your customers don't give a shit that you freehand yep. ground your knife. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> and so calm mm. down and let's take yeah. pride in something a little bit more impressive. But you can so, fuck, yeah. you can f- and I've seen I've seen some pretty bad freehand grinding too. So <laughs> yes. maybe these people will be better off using a jig. Yes, a people, jig right? isn't gonna save your day. I mean you I fuck no, you can no, fuck no. a pile of knives up with a jig too. Oh jeez. Like, you know, yeah. yeah. But um, you know, shout out to our friend uh, owner Kaglar of Dies in Every Film. He just did a YouTube video where he built a knife from scratch. It was a great YouTube video. He's a good dude. He used a jig in the beginning just to kind of set the 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 um the beginning stages of it and then he freehand yeah. the rest of it and it was and then he used a surface grinder. It was a really actually it was a fun video to watch and he's such a good dude and you should definitely support him and he gets a lot of he get I think he likes it. I'm going to have him on the podcast at some point. He's a funny guy. He likes the frets. He loves Loves the fritz. I think he encourages the fritz, but I mean, it's like it's 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 totally like it's like a wolf sp- a wolf spider. He's, he's waiting for you to come in with some snappy answer, and he's gonna get you. But that's a good <laughs> video to watch where you can watch a guy using a jig, and you know, for me, the oh, yeah. I stopped using the jigs because it was the setup was taking me too long. Yeah, I could imagine too a jig would be super handy for grinding like clips on the top side, like on the spine of the blade. Oh, that's um, the yeah, best. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the yeah, jigs yeah. are the best for that. I mean, you, there's no fooling around at all. Yeah. No fooling around. You know, I, and sharpening. I use I use a jig for sharpening sure. too on a, on a Tomek, and that way I know it's the same every time. So yeah, I think people who desk jigs, that maybe they haven't used one to that advantage well, yet. Then here's um, the yeah. here's the deep dive question. You don't have that button. That's fine. No, if you that. use a file guide like a Bill Benke file guide, is that a jig? <laughs> absolutely oh, that's a jig that's a that jig had, yeah that's and there's nothing wrong with it that's 100 yeah. i don't know why people get so hung up on you, you should you can do this and you can't do that it's just like it, there's this it's like everybody everybody really is they get a little bit too proprietary well hmm. they're really proud about something that isn't that impressive it's like saying you're you're stoked and you're proud that you can wipe your own ass it's like good whoa. i really <laughs> hope you can whoa that's <laughs> That's yeah. I use a jig personally. <laughs> <laughs> you use a mechanical arm. <laughs> the old bidet. The you got the bidet. bidet. Yeah. That is super funny. I don't know why people do that. People get mad about like I mean, you know, we can go and go get into it. People get mad if you if you're a stock removal guy and then you have forge in your name. People get mad about mm. that. People get a little irritated about that too. I th- yeah. I think that I think that what happens is is people are convinced that because you're doing it by hand, you have to do as much by hand as possible, you know? Yeah. And I, 
Look, I mean, it's just, it's like, where do we stop? I mean, we've done this a million times. Exactly. Hmm. Does it, is, where I, do you I stop? I don't know, but I don't know how it works, but the, the Bladesmith Association, so if you're going for like a, a master smith or anything like that, do they look at the way you construct your knife or is it literally just the finished result that they're judging? Do, do they need, do they, do they know if you've used a jig or not? Do, you know, do, does that count at all? No, and that doesn't even that even if you did use a jig, that wouldn't count against. I mean, it's like forging the Damascus okay. for a mastersmith test. You know, they're they're gonna dock you because you didn't use your fist to set the weld or something. Like, let's get real. We're using <laughs> we're using power hammers and hydraulic presses. If you want to take some real pride in it, let's swing a sledgehammer. But there's no fucking one, like almost nobody. So it's doing all about that. the finished article. Yes, is that, is that absolutely. And with Great. that said, okay. then if you if the, if you've got a beef about a, a jig, you look at guys who do a incredible forged finish. There you have when you talk about those brute to forge styles, then you can see that you know there's hardly like what Jason Knight does or 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 Colony uh, um, Colony. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <sighs> Someone help Andrew, me out here, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. There's like, there's a little bit more. All right, you can say, all right, well, he didn't do it. Gee, he used it all with a hammer. I, I, you can, you can kind of delineate. You can delineate all that stuff based on the way a knife is made. That's why I think, personally, my personal opinion, and this is nothing to do with anybody else but me. I think that the, you know, you, you, if you were to make an integral knife out of a block of steel, all stock removal, you'd be out of your mind. You'd be totally out of your mind, but I, I always feel like the the integral knife is the knife that shows you how you can forge. Mm-hmm. Like it's like there's the only. Re- I mean, you'd never buy a sure. five pound block of steel to to grind out that knife, right? Hmm. Yeah. What do I? Know? Uh, I mean, there are people who have question. done that, and it is a nightmare. <laughs> huh. Imagine. Right. Your swarf bucket is like oh. full to the brim every knife. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm all right. I'll pass on that. All right. Let's get on to the next one. Uh, next question comes from Sam Goldenbrock. Goldenbrock. Goldbrock. Uh, I got a question about lasers. If it's powerful enough to etch, can it be programmed to put a finish on a blade or even get you close enough to skip a few grits? Thanks for all the great info. Well, Craig, could you if skip only. a few grits? If only no. Um, if you think of a laser doing pretty much what like a like an etching machine would do, um, if you took a microscope down to the bottom of that etch, it wouldn't necessarily be very even. So you're gonna you're gonna get a far better finish even even on a on a belt on a platen than you would you know trying to laser finish laser finish something. Um, one thing you could do, I suppose, is do an all over blade pattern, which would hide any imperfections. So you could maybe skip a few grits that way. Um, but no, actually using it to finish the blade, it, it it just wouldn't work. It really wouldn't work. I love seeing, uh, who is it? Rivers, oh, the guy, Jeff, help me, down in Riverside, California. Yeah, Nora Steve, Knives. Nora Knives. Damn. Oh, Steve and Danny, Boy, they yeah. do some great we are, stuff. We are, yeah. we are both like, you're both like, ta- <laughs> tag, is tag team forgetfulness right here. <laughs> is, is I couldn't remember the names, but I couldn't remember, I couldn't remember the brand. You got oh. Knives. Um, Danny, they're the best. Yeah, something I've seen them do is either do a complete black finish on something and then pull mm. back, 
like using by doing like a Cerakote or some sort of uh, like ceramic coat or something like that, and then laser yeah. to pull back down to the raw steel or do the reverse. Well, where I've seen them do like uh, like the king from a playing card or something like that yeah. down in the corner of the heel. Fucking so cool. It looks so good. Mm. But um, you could blacken a knife with a laser, right? You could blacken it, yeah. yeah. Um, it wouldn't be, you know, a, a totally even finish. You'd be like, like an, you know, using acid to, you know, put a force patina on. Um, and what you can do with a the laser then is change the frequency so you could have um, sort of white markings on there as opposed to black on, on you know, on a finished steel. If you, if you blackened the blade, you could then have white markings on instead. Um, so, so yeah, there's, there's plenty of things you can do, but I, I wouldn't, you know, you're never going to get in that sort of mirror finish from, uh, from using the a laser to, to etch away at things it's never going to happen dude i would love to do a laser finished black knife all black knife that'd be great mm. Mm. yeah there you go i've Just... been doing some experimenting this week actually of, of, of different things with the laser and um i've got some really cool ideas so i'm i'm going to be doing a knife giveaway um mm -hmm. it's going to be probably not next week the week after um so the whole idea is I'm going to do a video, really simple video, how to chop an onion, because there's so many people who don't know how to do the basics of chopping an onion. And the whole idea is this this knife is going to have an onion um, handle, so it's going to be onion skin handle in resin, so it's got like a million layers, almost like you would with the Damascus, but oh, it's wow. onion skin. Um, and the actual blade is going to have um, a cut onion etched onto it as well. So I'm going to show how to cut an onion. And then I'm going to say this knife is is um, being given away to somebody who uh, sends a video of them chopping an onion. And I want to see, you know, speed, accuracy, and creativity. And I'll judge the best one in, in a YouTube video. And we'll watch them all in a YouTube video. And I'll pick one and they'll win the knife. So, yeah, it's going to be the the Chop Chop Challenge. Wow, it's good. Be, yeah, in, in, a, in, about, in about two weeks, I, I need to finish off the knife. And there's a few little things I need to do for the video, which I've already started. Um, yeah, and it should be fun. So anybody can sort of join in. Um, they can use Instagram or YouTube. Just upload a video of them chopping an, an onion as fast as they can, as accurately as they can. And uh, I'll pick a winner who will win the knife. All right, so let's just cool. talk about it. I'm not, trust me, I ain't, I ain't interested. But I want to know what's <laughs> going to be your – what what. I mean, I'm not interested in the knife. I'm just not interested in any more competition. I can't handle it anymore. What what are you going to be looking at as a video? What are you going to be looking for as, like, good quality video? I know you like a good quality video. It doesn't have to be a good quality yeah, video. For you, I you're mean, the judge, so I mean. Yeah, it's, 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 it's all about people just joining in, basically. So chopping an onion. Um, so yeah, it's going to be, you know, speed, accuracy. And I want to see, you know, I want to see the finished result of what they've chopped. So, you know, make sure it's sort of uniform. Don't tell Coulter. Coulter's I know, gonna, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Coulter's banned. <laughs> Coulter, you're banned. Coulter but Living yeah, is banned. Let's just get people um, doing it and joining in. I think it could be Kasumi quite cool. Kev's so, banned, too. The um the actual knife, it started off with a knife. I had lots of onion skins, and I was like, well, what should I do? And I was like, well, lay it up, and once you grind into them, you'd see all the layers. It could be quite cool. So I, I've I've done that in uh, in a resin. Um, so that's going to be the handle of the knife. And as I say, the like imagine an onion cut in half. Yeah. Um, I've got a really good illustration of that. So that's going to be um, etched onto the blade then as well. So it's going to be the onion knife. And I thought, well... You know, it's going to be a limited audience to who would want to buy an onion knife. Right. So let's let's give it away for free and have some sort of marketing out of it. And you can have a little like little thought bubble coming from the onion saying, "Well, you're going to cry." <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> yeah. uh, that'd be fun. That's fun. Yeah. So yeah, the chop chop challenge. So um, 
Back to the question. It was all about the the laser. Could you get a, a good finish? You can get a finish, but it's not going to be you know a hand sanded finish allowing you to skip uh, grits. No, basically. The next question is from Jonathan Spencer, saying, "Hello, I've seen the carving fork that uh, Jeff made, and was wondering how you'd make the inside of the tines evenly sanded and cleaned up. Thanks, and love the show um, on the Makery Network." So. I know exactly what he means because I've tried that um, and I've tried sticking the tines in through uh, a belt and they've snapped off and I think it's the vibration of the on yeah, the tines. So I was wondering them. exactly. I will tell yeah, you exactly. Oh, you yeah, it. you had a problem too. Well, I, I don't I, – I, because I use um, stainless steel 440C, I make my forks out of eighth-inch material. I do everything before heat treatment. So, like, I will – grind down except for the very tips of the fork so i'll grind down um the insides by putting them like if you're looking at the platen of your grinder and then you look at the top wheel of on the platen and then you have that slack between mm. the grind one of the wheel the, to the back wheel where the adjustment is i'll use that slack to get in there and then i usually have enough time to get in there and the other thing is the way i cut them i can stock removal them I'll get the bottom of where the fork is and I'll drill out the hole and then I'll cut with the bandsaw to kind of take that material out and then I'll it's just enough it's just enough that I can get in there with a file sometimes but then um I'll use the uh I'll use that slat the slack uh, just to kind of round everything and then for the under part like the the bottom of it I'll use uh files and I'll use um like a die grinder with the drum belts a drum um, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Those little drums, uh, and then I usually I'll get them down to finish because if it's with 440C, especially if they're wrapped in foil, I only have to hit them at the end with some with a Scotch Brite belt, and it's a the cleanup is almost. I mean, after heat treatment and temper, after heat treatment, and it comes out of the temper, I just have to kind of clean up the any. If there's usually no scale, and then there's just discoloration, and then I'll just kind of fine tune it. But I do every because it's not. They're, they're, I can do a lot of the work because it's a thick 440C. I can do a lot of it, bef- most of it, before heat treatment. Um, same thing with my oyster knives. I really do it to the end because my oyster knives are on the thicker side. I don't worry about decarb. I don't worry about anything. I get them to the finish before I heat treat them. And then once they're air-cooled or, air qu- or quenched between plates there, I usually don't have to do any major grinding because it's just they're so thick and I don't have to deal with mm. too much. So I tried it with the forks and the oyster knives. I almost go to the very, very end before heat treatment. And then with the forks, I'll just kind of leave the tips. I'll leave the tips on the thick side, and then I'll just kind of clean them up at the end, and I'll thin them down at the end just so that I just, I'm afraid they're going to be too brittle otherwise. There you go. Makes sense. Well, and to go back to what Craig was saying really quick, for anybody who thinks they want to do do some of this work on a grinder, you have to support the tines because they'll start vibrating at their resonant frequency. And like if you've ever seen uh, <laughs> like a crystal glass crack because somebody's singing like this, the same frequency of the glass and it, <laughs> it blows up, the same thing will happen with your steel, especially after it's been hardened um, because the steel is in that hard state. And so uh, I've had... Not only have I had the time pop off of one of my, uh, the, the one for, uh, fork that I had made, uh, but I've had tangs pop off of, uh, off of integral knives and having to start over wow. on them. Um, 
because I wasn't even just like supporting with this either by hand or with a, a grinding stick, something to help deaden that vib vibratory action or keep it from popping off. So that vibratory I was about action. to say that was a yeah. good expression right there. <laughs> Wowzers. There's the name of the there's the name of the podcast. Vibratory action. Wasp farts and vibratory actions. <laughs> just write it down now so you don't forget. Just making a note. Don't fucking forget that one. That's the best name you've had so far. Wasps, fart no, hornets. Hornets, hornets farts, farts and, and vibratory actions. Hey, write it down. Got it. Got fucking it. good. <laughs> That's the best one yet. All right. Should I do this next one? Yeah. Go for it. It's Brock Owen. He says, hey, guys, I wanted, uh, I wanted to know if it's possible to forge weld non-ferrous metals such as gold or copper to steel. If so, would there be any problems that could arise with heat treatment, with heat treating? Thanks. What do you guys like think? Seems like all the problems. <laughs> it seems like problems all the time. Like, isn't that, isn't that stuff going to melt? Isn't it all going to, all that stuff going to melt before you get to the heat, the heat treatment? I don't know. I'm assuming yeah. that copper would melt before <laughs> you got to 1500 degrees. Hmm, I would have thought so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Copper actually. I, I would imagine you'd, you'd braze those together anyway. You wouldn't weld them, surely. Yeah, I so I mean, I what I've seen done is basically people make like mokume gane, um, which is a whole thing I don't even want to get into because I'm not the expert in mokume gane. But, it's basically precious metal Damascus. Um, but the only way you can get it to stick to steel is if you have a nickel shim um, in there with it. Uh, that's going to kind of act as the interface between the steel and the non-ferrous materials, which non-ferrous is iron-depleted material. So basically anything that doesn't have iron in it. Uh, gold is not a good idea. Gold moves uh melts and moves at a considerably lower temperature than steel and it moves very differently part of the reason we make damascus from 15 and 20 uh, especially high carbon damascus from 15 and 20 and 10 series materials like 1080 1084 1075 even is that they forge and move together at a nice rate but if you try to forge um non-ferrous materials with steel or ferrous ferrous materials they they'll squish out and ooze out all over the place and make a big old mess and uh, if you're not watching your temperatures they very easily could uh melt uh the, some of the stuff uh i've something i've been seeing a lot lately has been people adding um either copper or brass into the cladding of their steel uh, of their mm -hmm. of the pattern that they're getting out of the blade but the way that's happening is either at a low temperature oxygen oxygen depleted environment with a lot of pressure and it's just like one squish you're not like going through and really aggressively reducing like you're basically at the end there you're just putting pressure on it to get it to stick or you're putting it through a rolling mill and it sticks but otherwise you do not want to forge this stuff um you, it takes a, a very controlled uh temperature and environment to really get this stuff to move at a, at a, at a nice rate um yeah alex Steele actually has a, a cool video where he made mokume uh that's worth checking out but again you have to it, there's no gold in there it's i think it's copper and nickel which are both extremely expensive materials especially compared to steel um and he forges and he makes i think he makes a w's explosion or something out of out of the copper and nickel 
but there's a lot there's also a lot of prep that goes into getting things ready to be able to stick together and everything so it's it can I don't know if the ju- juice juice is worth the squeeze on that one. It's the juice, not the juice. Thank you. Not the juice. Yeah, the juice. Uh, I got nothing on that. Yeah, nothing. Zero. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, hundred percent. That was perfect. Okay. Let's get quizzical. Yeah, I thought I'd throw a quiz on you Do both. It. Oh boy. Um, so this is going to be quite stressful because you don't need any buzzers. So you're going to take it in turns. Rules are simple. It's going to be one minute of quick-fire questions. You can pass. You can get the answer wrong, whatever. You just get through as many as you can in a minute, and whoever gets the most is the winner. This is an wow. excellent way. This is also a shout-out to – this is – I mean, I'm just making it uh, – Winfred's Money for all you Howard Stern fans is the same thing. It's great. Really? Yeah, it's great. Oh, okay. It's awesome. And, it, and they, they usually what happens is is they'll have – you know, someone will have to turn their mic off, and then they'll do the same questions, and it's speed and accuracy. I love that. No, you're going to have different questions. Right. So if you get it right, you'll hear. If you get it wrong, you'll hear. All right. Are we ready? All the time. Who wants to go first? Whatever you want. I'll go first. I am super nervous all of a sudden, though. Don't lie. <laughs> okay. It's just going to be a minute. There's going to be a bit of a countdown, um, and I'm just going to fire questions at you. And again, every correct question, you'll get a point. Okay. So you can say pass to get on to the next question quickly, whatever you need to do. Are we right. ready? Yeah. T minus one minute. Oh Eight times twelve. Oh fuck. Oh jeez. Ninety-six. Fifth letter of the alphabet. T G. Minus fifty seconds. No. Name any member of Paw Patrol. <laughs> Scout. Who sung "Nothing Compares to You"? T minus forty seconds. Ah, uh, pass. Oh, I can't think. God damn it. What year did David Bowie oh, for die? Fuck's sake. Oh my god. He only died like a couple of 2018. Damn it. If born on the 4th of April, what star sign would you be? Oh, my God. I'm so screwed. Aquarius? Rayburn, Cox, and Pink Lady are all types of what? (laughs) Pass. (laughs) Travis Bickle is a character from which Robert De Niro movie? Uh, Taxi Driver? Nice. Who did Rocky Balboa fight in Rocky IV? Oh, my God. Drago? Yeah! Correct. Fucking good. It clouds a clutch answer. I am sweating. I'm so fucking nervous. (laughs) Yeah, you got the pressure of the ticking and all this talking in the background. I didn't realize she was going to be talking the whole time. Believe me, I've got the pressure of a million and one buttons to press. (laughs) (laughs) And keep track of the scores. He's got his fingers everywhere. He got a dick on another one. Right, that's true. All right. What did I get? Like four? had four points. Correct. I ain't getting four. Right. <laughs> Where did we get to? Please, no multiplication. Rocky, but Please. let me just skim through them quickly. Um, oh, fifth Sinead letter of the alphabet. God damn it. Yeah. Sinead O'Connor. <sighs> did you know that was written by Prince? Of course. Song as well. Yeah. I love that. Of course. So, fifth letter of the alphabet is E. Um, why else did you get wrong? David Bowie died in 2016. Oh, you were close. 16. Couldn't wow, believe. Close. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rayburn, Cox, and Pink Lady are all types so of Apple. Rayburn, not Rayban. <laughs> <laughs> right. Are we ready, right, Jeffrey? Give it my best. Give me a second. Okay. I got my hand I got my hands free in case I have to count. <laughs> Get ready. T minus one minute. Okay. Name the lead guitarist from Dire Straits. <sighs> Pass. Name a fruit which is orange other than an orange. <laughs> Craig. 
<laughs> a cockapoo is a cross between a cocker spaniel and what other dog? Uh, 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 a cocker spaniel's. A... <laughs> Keep going. Name name two people called Bob who make knives. Bob Rankin and Bob Kramer. What does BBC stand for? British Broadcasting Company. Fuck! What nut is used to make marzipan? T minus 20 seconds. Uh, it's almond. What element does O represent on the periodic table? Oxygen. What's the highest mountain in the world? Ten. Mount Rainier. Mount Kilimanjaro. Who painted the famous Water Lily series? Monet. What is the capital of Zero. Spain? Barcelona. Fuck. Okay. <sighs> I Jeff, I, do you want to know what you uh what you had? <sighs> the Dire Straits one pissed me off because I should have known it. Do you know it now? <sighs> the lead singer. What's his face? <laughs> <laughs> What's his face? <laughs> so Marekko had four. <laughs> Jeff had. Ugh, pitiful wait, in a minute wait which ones did I pitiful. have wrong I well, said the orange clearly. I was, <laughs> I, was <laughs> I wanted I was going for a joke okay so lead guitar was some <laughs> dire straits Mark Knopfler ah, god damn it okay a fruit which is orange other than an orange kumquat kumquat that's a good one yes a cockapoo cross between a cocker spaniel and that and what other dog i was still making i was still in my mind i was still back <laughs> at the goddamn craig lock was a fruit joke i mean <laughs> i fucked myself up by trying to go for a joke i gotta have gotten that one two people called bob who make knives you had that one kramer and rankin right. uh what does bbc stand for the british broadcasting corporation what did I say? not company right. uh, company um highest mountain in the world you had two guesses they were both wrong <laughs> kilimanjaro everest Everest. 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 And the capital of Spain, you said Barcelona, was Madrid. Madrid. I fucked up. I was playing. I was trying to be cute. Congratulations. So I had a list. I had a list. I was very optimistic. We're about 150 questions. <laughs> wow. We've got about nine rounds of this if we fancy. Oh, my <laughs> let's do it again. <laughs> Mareko wins 1-0. Let's get back to God. some. Hey, man. Can I ask you a question? Some questions. I know now not to uh, make jokes. Okay. <laughs> ben Snur um, has asked, um, idea for a cook-along challenge, which, which we're not, no longer doing oh, anymore. Oh, we are actually, doing but, it. Uh, we're not doing it now. We may come back to oh, it. Oh, we're coming back. We're coming, we're coming back. back. Okay. And he says, what is your favorite drunk snack? Mm. Mm. When I was a kid... And I would drink underage in New York. We used to go to on Eighth Street. They're one of the greatest places of all time. Is called Gray's Papaya, um, and they had seventy-five cent hot dogs. And we would go out all night to all the places that did. We, I had my buddies and I all got fake IDs from this place in New York. And the great thing is, is if you live in New York City, you don't really need a driver's license. So we found this place where um, they made like NYU fake NYU. Um, ids and we all got all of our teachers so i was the english teacher one guy was a history teacher we all used the fake names of all of our teachers and we would go to all these bars that wouldn't card or if they did we say i live in new york what the fuck do i need a driver's license for and then we'd end up at grace papaya and subsequently i went to an i went to a uh, high school reunion not too long ago and i saw my english teacher and i told him about it he was not <laughs> 
happy about it at all. I was like, dude, it's like 30 <laughs> years ago. Have a little sense of humor. He didn't like it at all. He was like, or 20 years, 25, something like that. And he was just like, he just looked at me like, I said, yeah, I was, I got your name and he had the coach's name and stared at me like, you are a piece of shit. I was like, yeah, have a little sense of humor, dude. <laughs> have a sense of humor. You should be honored that I would use your name as your, eh, fuck you. <laughs> what was his name? Don't worry about that. I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to possibly, I don't want this possibly getting back to him. You get mad at me. So, okay. Um, favorite drunk snack. Got a few drinks on the go and you've got something there. Yeah. Just to dig into. I did. I said hot dogs. Oh, I said hot dogs. I said hot dogs. dogs. But, um, I, at the end, I have something for you guys to look up. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Mareka, what have you got? I used to, uh, when I would go out, I would get back to the house and usually not have a lot in the fridge, but we always had a little bit of bread and some cheese. And so I would make these elaborate, well, quote unquote elaborate. I would season, like make this compound butter and spread it on the bread and make a grilled cheese sandwich. And that was, that was a really nice way to end the night. Yeah. Mine's more of a grazing kind of snacking, so just nonstop oh. through the night. And it's got to be um, crisps or potato chips, as you guys call them. Um, but specifically, the roast chicken uh, or poulet roti, as they call it over here. Um, salty, chickeny. Roast just, chicken just the... potato chips? That sounds yes, awesome. they're the best. They are, the, but they, they taste like a roast chicken has just been squashed down and little driplets have come out the bottom <laughs> on top Ew. of a piece of... Oh, they're the best. Driplets. Salty and... Yeah, I can demolish like a family-sized bag of them nice. very, very simply with a few beers. Yeah, There's a, definitely for me. The, there was one bar, or not bar. Well, I guess it was a bar at the back, a restaurant in the front. The, the restaurant would stay open after the bars were closed, and that's where everybody would go get food after the bar was closed. Mm. And uh, it was a shit show in there. But one thing that I loved getting off their menu <clears throat> was called uh, is called tachos, and basically it's nachos oh, made yeah. with tater tots. Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> that's so good. Those I it's they just a have, big old yeah. fucking sloppy mess. I, spoons. I do. You like don't these... ask for forks. You need spoons. <laughs> yeah, tachos. I heard of tachos. Those in Irish nachos. Have you heard about Irish nachos? Oh, it's like nachos okay. made out of uh, potato skins. Sure. Oh, yeah, but there's nice. a New York thing that I just heard about. It's a apparent. It's a super. It was under an underground thing, and I guess in the in Harlem and and the Bronx and Brooklyn, it was it became this thing that I'd never heard about before. My daughter told me about it. Have you ever? She said to me, "Have you ever had a chopped cheese growing up?" It's called a chopped cheese. Chopped. Cheese. You have chopped never cheese. heard of a chopped cheese. I had never heard no. about it of chopped cheese, and it, wow. it, apparently it's I I I'd never. I'm telling you, I'll be honest. And I guess it's, 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 I guess in the bodegas at late at night, they would take these frozen hamburgers and put them on the plancha and chop them up and put cheese on them and onions and, and just like make this like chopped up mess and put on a, a like a sub roll or a wedge and with like yeah. ketchup and mayonnaise and lettuce and tomato. And it was like this, it was like this kind of bodega version of uh cheesesteak and it, and I'd never heard of it. And then I started to look it up and there were all these like, people fighting over who came up with the chopped cheese and if there's a great um i think it's on eater 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 did a whole video on the derivation mm. of the chopped cheese and it's a it looks like i would i would have loved that mm. just looking at it's like i suppose it's like a sloppy joe but it's, it's a burger but then sort of chopped don't be up, going yeah. to the bronx and saying it's a sloppy joe they'll <laughs> they'll put it right in your neck <laughs> they'll put it in your fucking neck <laughs> 
And my when daughter we broke my balls com- about it, by the way. Yeah. She, my, I was, my daughter broke my balls. She's like, oh, I thought you were a big New Yorker. I was like, go to school or something. Yeah. Do some homework. Leave me alone. <laughs> when we were doing our sandwich competition, I almost did a chopped cheese, but then I was like, oh, I'll get a bunch of, you know, beef from Jeff about it. So I, d- I, I wouldn't, I thought about doing it too, but then I thought nobody's going to know what it is. Because, mm. but it was like, you won't get any, you don't get beef from me. But it, it's, uh, <laughs> it was like, a, I, I, it was totally underground. I'd never heard about it. I guess I was too mm. erudite for a chopped cheese. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, K- Kenzie Aaron, um, who hosts one of the shows actually on on the the Makery, um, called the Young Makers, uh, where he interviews right. um, other young makers. A shameless um, plug. It is a shameless plug. Um, but he asked, uh, "What would you guys be making or doing if you weren't making knives or knives?" As he said, but we, he's he's. 1456. Yeah, we, we let him off. Him. Good kid. Yeah. Good kid. <laughs> yeah, we let we let him off the spell. Of well, yes. Why? Well, you know why? It's because he's an earner for you. That's why. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? You said that as if I'm like some Fagan character putting all these young kids yeah. up to work for That's me. That's right. That's right. You got to be easy on him. You can't bust his balls too hard. He's a you know. It's a hard not life. <laughs> he's yeah. an earner for you. <laughs> So, what would you guys be making or doing if you weren't making knives? I was actually talking with my wife about this the other day when we were on our long-ass drive to go pick up some toys. (laughs) Um, And uh, I have a friend that uh, is the kitchen manager of what is called a meal prep business. So, instead of being a kind of traditional restaurant, they're kind of a pre-order cater-out restaurant where people... Mm. They, they they make their menu and then you check it out. And like a lot of them have websites or apps or something like that. You go check it out. You see what you want for like the week kind of in a way. Or, or maybe there's only a couple times a week where like maybe you have super busy days and you just don't want to make dinner. Anyways, you pre-order it and then they make the food, in, you know, based on this limited menu. They make yeah, all these yeah. specific quantities and everything. It's great. I, I love the idea because I feel like food waste is a big issue with uh, or was a big issue with a lot of restaurants in the past. And I think with this pre-ordering, you know your pars or you know how much food you need exactly. Um, and so, uh, but the the best part about it is that there's <laughs> like, there's no pressure of being on the line and you got to get this order out in the next 10 minutes or something like that or all this shit. It's, you're just in a prep kitchen cooking prepping cutting chopping slicing dicing assembling food and then people come and pick it up later and i was like i was telling my wife i was like if i knew that that was a a restaurant business like model i would probably be working in one of those still today and probably Hmm. might not have started making knives because that is like if you like cooking but you don't like the pressure that is like the perfect environment to work in yeah, there's a bunch of them, like Blue Plate and Gusto, and there's a bunch of these. Yeah, but it's also like that model of the, these, like these restaurants that no longer have a like a like a storefront, right? Where they they just you know they just do stuff for like Deliveroo and all these things. Sure. Where that that's becoming like a massive thing, and and I saw I think it was a few weeks ago, like one of the big massive restaurant chain owners, you know, they just invested heavily in, into like kitting out this huge warehouse where basically it's gonna be they're gonna be cooking all sorts of meals there. And just straight straight to Deliveroo, so you know, cut out the restaurant side of things, you know. Yeah. And I think that's gonna, that's going to be you know growing. That's going to be huge, I think, in the future. Definitely. 
It's going to be tough. It's tough out there. Mm-hmm. It's going to yeah. be real tough. People also mm-hmm. are clamoring to get into a restaurant because they're sick of their own food. No. Yeah. Yeah. So there's always going to be a place for restaurants and god god i hope so anyway but um yeah i think we can see more and more of the you know restaurants without their without their storefront and just using as they you know d- deliveroos and all these kind of uh, delivery companies just to deliver straight to straight to people's houses so yeah. what would you do hmm, jeff oh. what about you well i mean what would you be doing i mean i i i i guess i hate to think that i'd be back in the restaurant business because i just it was, I I've never I was more, most stressed in the rest in the restaurant business in terms of like, I, I I really didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy it. I I guess I was not with the I, well, some of the people I enjoyed being with, but it was like it was just the margins are too tight. It's just like it's just too overwhelming. And something like this happens, it's like there's no way people can stay open. Um, I I would mm. like to think that I'm still making sculpture, you know, or something. It's just. I've gotten to the point where I am so much happier being my own boss that it, it's hard for me to think that I would be working for someone. I, I'm, I, I actually right now is like I, I still have a relationships with old companies I've been with and they've always said to me, you ever change your mind, you want to come back, you got, we got your own spot back. And I'm just like, I don't really want to deal with you. You know, I said, you guys, are, it was great and everything like that. And it was a lot of support, but I was like, I'm much more relaxed being my own boss. And it's strange. Yeah. It's a strange situation. But both my sisters were their own boss. My dad was his own boss. And I kind of really, I've gotten to the point now where I like being under the pressure of I'm in charge of even the problems, you know, mm. yeah. not depending on other people. I like not depending on other people. Yeah. And I think that's why we all, we're all doing what we do now because, you know, we've made decisions in the past that that have led it this way. So you know, we didn't want to be doing what we what we were doing originally. So that's you know that's. Well, one this is a minor. This is a minor change for me. I mean, like if if I was if I was forging something that people bought, you know, if I if I could sell more sculpture, if I could sell sculpture like I sell knives, I would not be on this podcast. <laughs> I'd be on. Mm. I'd be on yeah, art talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I seriously, <laughs> it's like it got to the point where it was like holy shit, these fucking things are selling. You know, it was like, a, it was, I kind of fell into it to a certain degree. I mean, I really didn't, I really enjoyed doing it, but, you know, it was, it was just, it was uncontrollable that I would do this, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think I'd still be stuck behind a computer, I think. Um, that's all I ever did before. Um, I, you know, pretty much like Jeff, for myself in, in the whole, not really having a boss. You know, when I first started, I was working for, you know, various age, design agencies, that kind of thing. But I'd say the last 25 years, I've been my own boss. Um, but, yeah, it was it was all sort of computer stuff and, you know, a lot of what was web design and that kind of stuff. And I, I don't know, I, I, I didn't really have a passion for it at all. But um, I started then making more sort of producty kind of stuff, you know, with code. So... Um, you know, physical things, you know, that, 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 that would connect to the web and that kind of thing. Um, so I suppose I'd be doing that still. Um, I suppose when I was doing that, it was, you know, sort of early, early days of all these connected devices. So now, you know, all the big companies are on it and they're doing it. So it would, it would be very difficult to make a living. So I'd have to be working for, you know, one of the bigger, bigger companies and then, you know, I wouldn't be my own boss. So, so yeah, so hence, um, making knives and, and, being my own boss. And if you want to hear more about the history of Craig Lockwood, you can listen to the number one episode, <laughs> the number one listened to episode on Full Blast Podcast, 
with Craig Lockwood. Number yes. one. Number one, baby. Yes, I, I, I feel like you might have manipulated the numbers, but I'm going <laughs> to... How could, how could I don't you do know. that? I shouldn't there. Just press and play know. all day. Listen to my own episode. <laughs> I mean, in number one by like a lot. It's, it's, uh, but it was a great episode, and you can hear more about the beautiful Craig Lockwood and all his trials and tribulations on, on his episode of... Uh, and keep his episode number one. Huh. You know, it's funny. I, I, I rarely use Facebook, but when I do, I always get the sort of look backs of, you know, what, what I was doing sort of five years ago, six years, seven years ago, whatever. And every now and again, like a project that will come up that I was really proud of at the time. And I look back and I think, Jesus, that was like a different person yeah. as if I didn't really do that. You know, it was, it, yeah. yeah, it's crazy, crazy. It's like but you're that's looking good. at somebody else's life. On. Yeah, exactly. It's weird. It's really but weird. But it's good to look back on your life and think, I'm glad that I'm not there anymore. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how does that make you yeah, feel? Just, just when you look at a photo and you're like four stone lighter and your hair isn't as grey, you think, oh, all right. Craig, okay. how does that make you feel? Just try, <laughs> trying to psychology you. We know what he's up to. Combat abrasives make the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers available in any size and at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with the promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now! CombatAbrasives.com, 15% off your full order if you use KNIFETALK15. Are you ready for your bet, Jeff? Yes. Damn, what would you do? Jesus Christ. That is something. (laughs) I wanted to call it dilemma time, but obviously it's (laughs) we're changing the things. And so basically on the Full Blast podcast, I was getting a lot of dilemmas from people, and it 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 it, it seems like it's more fun on knife talk. So I'm gonna kind of like bring them over here. Um so here's a dilemma that we can talk about that that, uh listeners will you know send me a message and what do you what would you do? And I'll post it to you guys. We'll figure it out. So the first dilemma comes from Gustavo. Oh man. E E Bargoengiotia. I like them apples. Sorry, sorry, Gustavo. I tried. I really did. All right. So your wife, your wife's coworker. <laughs> what are you laughing? I beg your pardon. No. <laughs> let, me, let me fucking read the damn thing. Uh so <laughs> the, your wife's coworkers invited you over for dinner. They don't know what you do, and when you arrive, you ask to see if there's anything you could do to help. Um, and then they ask you to chop some vegetables or help you prep, and they give you uh, this paper-thin plastic cutting board and an unsharpened knife. And now your hosts are your wife's coworkers. How do you tell them their knives are not sharp, or what would you do? I've been there, hmm. and you okay. just kind of muscle, you you muscle through it. Are you, like, making noises? Like, no, like no. And, oh, I just Christ. shut the fuck up and get the work done. And they don't, and they don't know, and they don't know that you you're a knife maker, right? Well, I try. I mean, I don't really like getting into it because there's just so many questions that go along with it. So I just try <laughs> to be a good guest, a great, a grateful guest, and be as helpful as I can, and not make them feel like idiots. <laughs> nah, fuck. This is a sales opportunity. That's the. <laughs> You know what you need. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we've all been there, haven't we? It's, you know, whether it's you know, it's normally it's like a relative's house um, where you know you go to help out and you open up the knife drawer and it's just like, oh Jesus Christ! 
Um, yeah, Moreco, you just got to muddle through, haven't you? You know, you're not you're not going to take a full set of knives with you everywhere you go. So, <laughs> I mean, if you know the people, maybe. I've definitely maybe, taken knives but, um, to people's houses to 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 prep in their house. Yes, I'm a, I I would be offended. <laughs> I would be even if I was a knife maker, I'd be like, this guy's got to bring his own knife. Huh? Just making some burritos, you know? What's going on? I'll take my new camp knife with the bottle opener and stuff yeah. on it. The, the party knife. <laughs> the party Pull knife. The Pop chop. Party. But, uh, yeah. But, um, no, yeah, you just, you just got to get on with it, unfortunately. I've, you know? I've been at people's houses where they'll say, don't go into the kitchen. And it's always like, I don't want you to look at my knives. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about your knife. Give me a bottle opener. I, give me whatever. I don't care. But it was very much like, when I went to culinary school, I, we stopped getting invited to people's houses for dinner. Like, it was like, they were like, we don't invite the faders anymore because it's like, we don't need that. We don't need him judging our food. And, you know, honestly, I was just like, yeah, fine. No problem. But I, I have had people say to me, just don't, don't look at the knives. And then if it's a friend of mine, I will break their balls. What the <laughs> fuck is this? What are you doing over here? What, are you, what is this thing? Are you out of your mind? What's the matter with you? What am I supposed to do with this? Bludgeon the food? I'll do that. All right. Next question comes from or the next dilemma comes from Fourth Valley Forge. <clears throat> My forge is burning through gas like crazy. And I know it's because it's a garbage forge. And if I get a new one, it'll dramatically reduce my gas bills. But should I get that over a heat treating kiln? I could get a, lo a top-loading glass kiln for nothing, and I think you would probably do the job. Even heat costs a lot more in the UK than in the USA due to shipping, I guess. What should I do? What should he do? He's, he's eating through gas, guys. He's had a dilemma. It depends what he's making. If, he, if, he's, if he's forging knives, he's always going to need that gas oven anyway. So, um, gas so yeah, forge. maybe upgrade. Grass forge, sorry. So maybe upgrade your forge. But uh, if you're doing stock removal... Um, yeah, make make the plunge, go for an even heat because uh, you know it's this, it's one of the most important things when making a knife is getting a good heat treat, and it's it's very difficult to do that on a fork. I know some people do it very well, but it, it's it's not easy, especially if you're, you're a beginner to do a good heat treat right. from a forge. Um, but I mean, if we're if this guy's trying to save money, is there any way of making his current one more efficient? Maybe I'd say it's all on the burner. Really, yeah. I, it sounds to me like his burner does not burn as efficiently as it possibly could and there are a lot of really great like schematics of people making their own burners and stuff just from materials you can buy at, like at the hardware store um and they they kick ass so i would say spend a little time researching and sp i like i guarantee for less than 50 dollars you could build your own badass burner that would make your forge work uh, burn fuel a lot more efficiently and be more effective you could probably buy one too like they're dudes who sell burners oh sure but those are easily easily at least a hundred to a couple hundred dollars a pop and really that, you know yeah sure okay. yeah for sure especially like, don't even just a... like venturi burners and don't use this those ceramic kilns that people seem to people seem to can you know think that uh glass blowing kilns or a uh or uh pottery kilns are going to cut it they're not going to cut it don't don't hmm. i've had that message before saying can i just get this just because it's from even heat doesn't mean it's going to get to your temperatures yeah so they're I different would... controllers too and so they don't you know you know popping back and forth and staying within like a certain heat range is a little trickier with those 
Yeah, and they generally got big doors as well. So by the time you open that door up, the heat is yeah. gone. Hmm. Well, I think I like I like uh, Mareko's decision is, is just fix the burner. You know, because yeah. you don't you just get. I mean, if if it's leak, if you don't, you know, those heat bricks are gonna help you too closing the doors. I got I bought I buy a pile of fire bricks just to cover the doors if if uh, just to keep the heat in. Yeah. You know. Hmm. Well, All right. Well, that was a good answer, actually, guys. I, I didn't expect an answer like that. So the last dilemma <laughs> comes from Steve Ellis. All right. I've got a dilemma for you. I'm 40-something. I'm a 40-something-year-old husband and father uh, with a full-time job. And I'm also a hobbyist slash blacksmith slash bladesmith. Uh, he's a hobbyist blacksmith slash bladesmith. I'm about to compete. Uh, I'm about to complete an online associate's degree program which has taken me several years to complete. I didn't want to sacrifice too much family time, so I only took one course at a time. I thought that the associate's degree would be good enough, but my wife thinks I should be going for my bachelor's degree after a short break. It could earn me a promotion or possibly other job opportunities, but I don't plan on switching jobs anytime soon. Um, I would think that over 20 years of experience plus an associate's degree would be somewhat equivalent to a bachelor's degree. What would you do? Um, call it for uh, call it good or go for the bachelor's. Thanks. And then I asked him. I mean, how long would it take for him to get his bachelor's degree on his on the current way he's doing? It? And he said about four or five years he'll get the bachelor's degree. What do you guys think? His wife kind of wants him to do it. Dilemma. That was the hump of a real dilemma. No, it, it was. <sighs> um, yeah. But we're all di- we're all different. That's not um, the answer. That's not the answer. Personally, <laughs> I can only I can only speak for myself. Yeah. Personally, I I wouldn't be doing it. Um. But I, you know, I don't work in a in a job where you know a corporate job where you know things like that are looked upon favorably. Um. In fact, my attitude is the complete opposite, where it's not looked upon favorably. But uh, personally, I wouldn't do it. But you know, everyone's different. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird trying to balance the equation, like it, 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 all the time and effort and energy that goes into getting that, and what is that uh, additional pay going to look like? If like right now, it doesn't even sound like it's one hundred percent guaranteed. Uh, well, I, I think said. it's. I don't think I don't necessarily. Think, it's not like his job is telling him to get the bachelor's degree. Right. No. 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 But his his potential down the line. Obviously, it's always you know potential is potential. Right. Well, and if he's, I don't know how long he's been in that job, but hopefully there's a level of like meritocracy where even if he didn't have a bachelor's, the, the, uh, I mean, unless there's some weird underwriting, you know, you have to have a bachelor's to get to this certain pay grade level or whatever, you know, the merit of the work that he's been doing for the company for so long already. And, you know, I don't think it has to do with the country, the company. And and I would, I would just preface this by saying, if his jo- if he happens to lose his job, he has to have his resume, right? So it's mm. it, it's it's mm. you're starting even twenty years of experience, isn't gonna necessarily equal your your you know educational certificates. Hmm. Will the company pay for him to do 
to do the, I didn't, the bachelor's. I didn't, what am I going to, what did I interrogate the guy? <laughs> he wrote me this dilemma and I copied it and pasted it and put it in the show notes. What I, These are all things I you mean, need I mean, I got consider. a two podcast I got to deal with the show notes. And I'm not going to go back and forth with this guy. I already said how long would it take? What I got to do? What am I going to do? Ask him if it's an Ivy League college? What else am I going to do? Let's go back to this one next no, week. If you, if no, no, I want to. I'm not going to follow up with more. I got to interrogate the guy to get a goddamn question out of you for both of you to say don't do it? Come on, man. We got to go and follow this guy on LinkedIn yeah. if we can see what his prospects are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, it's Please. this is the hard part. The hard part is, is and, and um, I have family members who are going through the same thing. They've had jobs where they have high levels of degree. But if they were to... Um, if they were to reapply for the job that they already have, they might not even get that job because they don't have the experience needed. You know what I mean? So like mm. the associate's degree is great. Uh, I have an associate's degree from culinary school, but it isn't enough. It isn't the same as a bachelor's degree. And if his wife thinks, well, maybe just kind of keep, keep plugging away and down the line, if, if you need it, you have something on, the, on your resume that kind of gets you into the door. A lot of this shit is just to get you in the door. Like when you're applying for a job, a lot of it has to do with your personality and what you've done and stuff like that. But when they read it, it's like your SATs or uh, in the United States SATs. The colleges that you're applying to, they want to just, it's, a, it's just a checkoff list that you can say yes or no. So a lot of times, depending on what you're doing, if you feel like this is the field that you're going to be in and that you want opportunities down the line, especially to grow in this business or in this field, it is good to have more, unfortunately, I'm saying unfortunately because my in-laws wanted me to go back to culinary, wanted me to go back to art school. They wanted me to go to graduate school for art. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. To do what? Teach art? I don't need to do that. And they were like, you know, it'd be great. I'm like, you got to be out of your mind. I'm not doing that. But at the same time, it, it you know, more, more of it does help. Silence. Career advice from Mr. I mean, Fader. I, I hate to go. say it. I mean, you know, it's, it is, it is a personal decision and as, as a family too, you know, and, um, I hate pushing school because I, I'm, I had actually had a conversation with, with Jesse Savage on full blast podcast. And I was saying the point where, <laughs> what, what's the matter? You, something in your throat? Are you all right? Yeah, I was, I was saying the point that a lot of times, unfortunately we go to school because we're hoping something kind of tickles our interest tickles our interest whatever and you don't necessarily go to school for something directly uh jonathan porter said the same thing he went to uh um agriculture school because he wanted to become a better farrier or become a farrier but when you're going to school because you're hoping that you find something that's a that's the recipe for you know not enjoying what you're doing or being f as focused as you could be hmm. there you go that's the answer well and it's an yeah. expensive way if, to if do you... that exploration well, that's why it's just getting out in the world. Most kids going to college don't necessarily know what they're going to do. Some of them, maybe their parents have pushed them towards a particular direction or they knew what they were going to do. But like when I was in college, I kind of knew I wanted to be an art major and my parents were not thrilled about that at all. But like I had friends who were just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't even know what major I'm going to do. And then all of a sudden it's just like, then how are you going to really kind of use the education to your benefit? It's tough, tough, man. Sounds like your wife wants And if you'd like to follow Jeff on LinkedIn and be part of his professional network, <laughs> you'll find him as Big Boy 69 <laughs> on you, LinkedIn. Let's get quizzical. <laughs> Are we doing another round oh, two? Fuck. Are we ready? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. All right. 
I've got a million and one questions here. We need to burn through them somewhere. <laughs> okay, Jeff goes first oh, this time. Jesus, a record did last Jesus, time. Jesus. Okay, go ahead. Right. Um, it's we'll we'll do cumulative scores. So it's four three to Morocco right. at the moment. One point in it. Are you ready, Jeff? Time. Sixty minutes. Sixty minutes. Sweet. Sorry, sixty oh. seconds. You can pass <laughs> this for a correct answer. This for the wrong answer. Right. Are time. we ready? T minus one minute. From which language is the word ketchup derived? Chinese. Which is the country with the biggest population in Europe? T minus 50 seconds. France. Who portrayed Edward Scissorhands? Johnny Depp. What are made and repaired by a cobbler? Shoes. What is an endoscope used to examine? Your asshole. Mr. Carson is the name of the butler in which popular TV costume drama? Fucking Mr. Carson. No idea. Maris Piper and King Edward are varieties of what? Uh, Apples. Uh, Stupid. H2O is the chemical formula for what? Which English king married six times? Henry IV. Complete the title of the play by Shakespeare, The Merchant of... Zero. Correct. Endoscope. Damn. I, sorry about the. Sorry about the. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even get a laugh. Down, Downton Abbey was Mr. Carson. You were right? correct. It was Downton Abbey. But Jeff, you, you had the highest score so far. So you, you had five then. Oh boy. You had five. Oh, so that takes you up to eight. What was eight. the answer? What would the, something you have to read off the regular? This is a fucking tough. Bit. I am literally. I just dried off in the last <laughs> round, and now I'm wet again. <laughs> I'm surprised you got. I didn't know it. The the language the word ketchup yeah. derived Chinese. Well done. Um, what else didn't you get? Um, country with the biggest population in Europe I don't know why I said is Russia. Oh yeah, Europe is Russia's part of Europe. Yes, yeah. Um, endoscope is used to examine any any the inside of yeah, your I body. I think then I got the answer right. The asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't you think that's? Don't you think that's? I mean, I mean, are we gonna? Don't we gonna need a judgment? I mean, I, I suppose it could be used for that. But, I mean, you, know, you, said, as you a, just said any hole. Literally, as a hole, hole. I meant. You know, uh, Mr. Carson's name of the butler, as Maracu just said, is in Downton Abbey. Um, you did know Maris Piper and King Edwards are varieties of what? Potato. Potato. Um, and that was it. You had the rest. All good. So, Morocco, um, the scores are 8-4. Yikes. Um, you need four to draw, five to win. Right. Are we ready? <laughs> sure. <laughs> T minus one minute. What is the name of the TV adventurer Edward Michael Grills, more commonly known as? Skip. Brie and Camembert are types of what food? Cheese. Sorry. What type of creature lives in an apiary? Birds. Nice. No, it's bees. Shit. In oh, which, shit. In which religion is Krishna a god? Uh, Hindu. In which country was Adolf Hitler born? Austria. Seconds. Nice. The phrase, three strikes and you're out, originates from what sport? Uh, baseball. Phew. Which mountain range forms a natural border between France and Spain? Uh, Andalusian. Shit. For what is the dunny an Australian slang term for? Pest. In the popular video game series, what type of animal is Sonic? A hedgehog. Nice. That was a good pass. That was a very good pass. (laughs) 
So, are we ready for the scores? (laughs) (laughs) No. Morocco had five, which takes him to nine. Morocco wins nine eight. Congratulations. Austria won was a that was a poll. The apiary thing. And you did actually have apiary as well, but you'd given the wrong answer first. It was B. Um, what else did you have wrong? Um, Edward Michael Grills is more commonly known as Bear Grills. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Is he a thing in America? I'm not sorry that I got that one wrong. <laughs> I don't... Oh, okay. No, he okay. is, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, uh, bringing camembert cheese, yeah, APRA Hinduism, you had right. Um, well, did he, the, the did, I, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if you had, like, did he, like, reach out for a free knife or something? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That'd be funny if you said, yeah. I was wondering if there was beef there. <laughs> That'd be really awesome. He's like, a fucking guy. Beef with bear. Beef with bear. <laughs> uh, the Pyrenees was the mountain range between France Fuck. and Spain. Um, the dunny in Australia is a slang term for the toilet. Okay. Um, and that, that's it. That's all you had wrong. So, yeah. Um, Dang. Five points to Morocco, four to Jeff, which takes us to 9-8 to Morocco. Nice job. That was fucking great, dude. It's a lot of pressure for me, that was. You did awesome. You You did awesome. Are you kidding me? You did awesome. I I can just see you on your side with your hands spread out with a finger over five different keys that you got to (laughs) push. Yeah, and a pen in my left hand trying to mark down each correct question. You were were incredible. That was amazing. We'll do more. Yeah, that that was fun. Uh, Jeff, tell me about your grinder. Uh, I have a Broadbeck Ironworks 2x72 grinder. Um, I love it. Uh, the guys from Broadbeck are terrific. Uh, Vince and Ryan do an awesome job. Go follow them on Instagram, uh, Broadbeck Ironworks uh, on Instagram. And if you go to broadbeckironworks.com and got, buy one of their grinders, and you put in Knife Talk 10, you get 10% off. And let me tell you a few things about their grinders. It's uh, They're incredibly versatile and intuitive. It's got a super long platen with a beautiful uh, adjustable work rest uh, from side to side. Uh, It pivots so you can use it horizontally and vertically. Tons of attachments and development. These guys are knife makers making grinders for knife makers. The the new attachments are going to be real. I'm getting a couple coming up, and I really can't wait to try them out. They're very, very smart in regards to what do knife makers want and just metal workers in general. Um, You don't need a wrench. Everything's uh, everything's on little... uh, twistos or whatever you call those call those things they're awesome um and then you know when you're looking at the prices the don't worry about the shipping the shipping's included in the price everything comes in a flat rate box you put it together and um you're 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 squared away uh so go to broadbeckironworks.com put a knife talk 10 get yourself a uh grinder from them the guys are really really cool and, and if you have questions don't ask me go straight to them they will they will at, they'll answer your question without hard selling you uh and follow them on instagram because if you go to Broadback Ironworks, what they'll do is they'll do a, like a flash sale, like over a weekend, and they'll knock off, you know, uh, for parts, and they'll knock off, you know, percentage on uh, whatever you're doing. And they'll just do it on a holiday or weekend or something like that. So they're good guys, and I'm really psyched to be involved with them. Cool. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? Let's just do a couple more questions. The first one is from Knife House. Hey, cutie, can I ask you a question? Making my first hidden tang. And what was the best way to drill the pinholes through the handle and harden tang? Um, and he says, 26C3 at 65 HRC, San Mai. So torch and kneel it first, he's saying. Is that what you should do to soften it? Um, I've never made it a hidden tang knife, ever. I've always done full tang knives, so I'm out of this one. Um, what have you guys got? First hidden tang. Hmm. I, 
I don't like the. I'm sorry. I don't like the. Uh, I don't like having to anneal a tang. I, I don't do the annealing the tang. What I'll do is before I'll heat. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say I don't like the phrasing of this guy. <laughs> I, I thought you. <laughs> I don't like the way he types. I <laughs> I'm not that bad. Come on, man. Uh, what I do is I'll do all the drill, and I don't do a lot. I don't do the the hidden tang knives I do, I don't do a lot of pins because it just seems like it's a lot of extra fidgety stuff. Um, but I am sure that especially for an outdoor knife, it's, 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 you know, super great. I, I never really had the need for, for to, to, to do it, but if I were to do it, uh, I usually will drill a hole in the tang. And then I've seen from our friend, Kurt Howland, was the first person I saw it. He actually made an oversized hole in the tang and then put in a brass plug and then uh, oh, well, no, you got to drill the hole first, heat treat the knife, then afterwards you put in the brass plug after it's heat treated. And then when you're, and you have an idea of where that brass plug is, so when you're, you, you have it all clamped up, then you can drill through, but you're not drilling through, you're drilling through the brass, so you don't have to worry about it, like, you know, wobbling around or moving in the, in the handle. Uh, if I were to do it like that, that's what I would do. Yeah. What about you? Um, so, I mean, it looks like it's, it's a high carbon, it's definitely a high carbon steel, um, with some chrome in it, uh, which is where the three comes from. But I think even with, uh, steels like 5200, which are kind of similar, it looks like in chemical makeup, um, what I've done in the past is just hit it with a torch and the tang. The trick is keeping that heat from bleeding out into the blade, um, if you don't want it to, especially if it was Damascus or something, but it sounds like it's just mono steel, so that shouldn't be too much of a problem. The reason you wouldn't want to do that with Damascus is because uh, you'll be able to see where you had kind of put heat back into the blade if you let it get too hot. Uh, but with the 26C3, I, you know, I've never used it personally myself, but I, it looks uh, like it's a steel that you could just, even just with like a hand propane hand torch, bring up the temp and. Um, and then and and hold hold it at like a, a dull red or something like that um and if you are worried about it bleeding up into the blade if you got a vice of any kind um i use my post vice um but you can also just clamp on like a couple strips of steel on either side where that tang transfers into the blade to help keep that heat from bleeding down into the tang or into the blade possibly at the heel or something like that and um, especially if it's a lower heel height blade, like if it's a hunter or something like that, it's only about an inch wide, inch and a half wide at the most. Anyways, um, then you should be, if you hold it there, even just for like a 10 count, 15 count uh, at that temperature, like a dull red temperature, you should be able to, essentially you've done like a, a quick and dirty subcritical anneal or, or a, I think uh, Laren called it a Martin side anneal, um, which allows you to then machine pretty easily the material. And so that way you can, you know, cut your slot into your handle material, glue it all up. And then wherever you decide to drill, you should be able to drill right through the tank. It, if, if this is the first time you've done it though, you might test it before you do all the glue up just to make sure that you can actually drill it. Uh, you, it, it, I have worked with steels in the past where you, this does not work. This is a thing where, uh, yeah, like what Kurt does with the plug, you got to kind of like drill that hole and anticipate where it's going to be first before you put it into the, um, before you do all this stuff or before you harden it. Because if you try to do it afterwards, it's just not going to happen. So, mm. so that's what I, that's what I got. Fair enough. Okay. 
Uh, the next one is from Craig L. Bell. Um, hey, cuties, what do you think of using race skin on a kitchen knife handle? Do you think these are just a huge trap for germs or okay in certain environments? And he said, as a side note, do you know if it's ethical to use race skin at all? Is it a byproduct of fishing or harvested solely for its skin? He said, keep up the good work and you make Monday mornings go from boring to, to really good. <laughs> <laughs> to really good, yeah. Sweet. To really good. Glad to help you, Craig. Um, yeah, so um, Ray Skin. Um, I've never used I've only ever seen it like at knife shows where like suppliers have got it there. And I've, you know, I've picked it up and it, it feels like really like tough, tough leather. Um, I've never used it and I can't imagine being nice to machine either. Um, I don't but, think yeah, you machine never I think used you, it. That's your like glass covering, right? No. Like it's really okay. Yeah, just kind of wrap it. Wrap it. Yeah. Yeah. Never used it. So I, I don't know. But, um, regards to being ethical, I, I haven't a clue. I, I really don't know. Um, I wouldn't have thought there'd be that much of a demand for it to be, you know, harvested solely for its skin. I don't know. But, um, the answer is I don't know. Uh, sure. <laughs> what do you guys think? What do you think, Jeff? I think that I don't think that I would. I don't like to fool around with stuff I've never fooled around with, where I have an idea. I, I would have a hard time probably dealing with it. I'm sure that some people do it. You know who does a great job? I would imagine. I don't know if he does it, but our friend Charlie Lionheart made these. Uh, what do they call them? Are they quakens or quakens? I don't know the exact uh, pronunciation. And I fuck it all up. Yeah, I, I always get it mixed he, up too. Maybe he, it's quaken. I don't know. He he, <laughs> he put he he has lots of little inserts before he puts the the wrapping on. And same thing with our friend um Chris Adelscott from uh from Pariah Knives. I think they do those little kind of under under layers for like that Japanese style with the with the shoelaces. <laughs> I don't think they call them that, but <laughs> I don't think they call them that. But yeah, that's what wrap. I'm calling them. But okay. I, I don't know. I, it's just not something for me. I, I also I tend to not. I'm tend to not. Inter- I'm not that interested in using like as much animal products. I'm I'm kind of like a little bit over it. But at the same time, I don't know. <laughs> How, how's, how's that for an answer? I have no idea. Two I don't knows. What have you got, Morocco? <laughs> Come on, <laughs> let's go. Make this a hat trick. <laughs> I would not. I, I would not use it for kitchen knife, I, especially because of the amount of moisture that. Um, the ray skin would be exposed to i i don't know how it holds up to that <laughs> level of moisture especially if you're you know you're washing the knife every time you use it most of the knives that i've seen ray skin used on uh whether they're japanese inspired um or whatever they, they are knives that are not exposed to a lot of moisture not like a kitchen knife especially there and and most of them it's more of like a a showpiece more than anything i've it's a very traditional thing to do on uh like a japanese swords and the hand underneath an underlayment um uh, on the wrapped handle um and i i i feel like i have seen it on a kitchen knife maybe once um but I just I don't know if that would be the best idea, best place, or best kind of handle to put it on, um, realistically. So I would say no. And yes, because you can't really get in there and super clean it out. You know, it it could be a place where germs are uh, get a good opportunity to grow. Um, ethically speaking, I don't. I mean, I see it used all the time, so I'm gonna guess that there aren't. I'm sure some people have issues with it, but I don't think they're necessarily an endangered species or that them, they're... Right? What's that? 
You're probably going to eat them, right? Sure. Probably yeah. tastes like skate. There you go. Yeah. So the answer is we don't know. But do you know what I'd do? I'd head, head over to Texas Fire Supply, texasfiresupply.com, because they've got loads of materials that you could use for a handle there. Loads and loads. And you can leave these rays alone. Leave them be happy. Um, so take a look at texasfiresupply.com. Um, they also sell RhinoWet by Indasa, Indasa USA. RhinoWet is the best, by far, by far the best sandpaper to use if you're a knife maker. Um, it'll save you time, therefore saving you money. And yeah, they sell it at Texas Fire Supply. So head, head on over to texasfiresupply.com. Um, knife Talk, is it Knife Talk 10 or Knife Talk 15? Knife Talk 10. Knife, knife Talk 10. Use that and you'll get 10% off your full order. Nice. So go take a look. Texasfiresupply.com. I, ha- I do have some news regarding... Te- so I got I got my underlayment for my Saya that I, I'm building, and I got that from Texas Ferry Supply. It's, uh, I think it's 1.5 mil white G10, and uh, I, it's going to be awesome to put underneath the Buckeye Burl for this stainless chef's knife um, that ideally I should be getting out next week. Um, so, yeah, they, they, they have all kinds of supplies and, and materials available for you to, to get, your knife, get your knife on. Including uh, nice. epoxy dye. Get your epoxy. Yeah. They can get your epoxy dye from them too. Nice. And when you order the Rhino Wet, you got to order by the. Sh- they're working out the website. The websites, they're they had to make a change. Blah blah blah. But when you order the the paper, order it per sheet, and fifty sheets is one sleeve. So, they're working it out. Ev, I talked to Evan. They're working it out. Cool, cool. Okay, I'll I'll give a question. If you guys look down the list and find a question that you'd like to ask, um, this one is from Alex Costa, and he says, I have a question for the podcast. I finished grinding my primary bevel, in this case a Scandi grind, at a 11-degree angle. After looking over it before moving on, I found a small section of the edge of the belly to be quite thinner than the rest of the edge. So he say, what is the best way to go about fixing this thin section? He says he believes it came about trying to raise my grind line to match the other side of the blade. Yeah. He says, thanks, cuties. So he's got a, a part of his uh, bevel, which is a bit thinner than the rest, um, which, you know, it's quite normal whilst you're grinding out and you make, you make adaptions as you're going. Um, so, yeah, he's saying, um, what could he do to fix it? Um, and he believes it's come about from trying to raise the grind line to match the other side of the blade. When I first did a Scandi, which was actually for the, um, the, the Knife Talk build-along that we did a few months ago, um, that was the first Scandi grind that I tried. And I was having a very similar issue where <laughs> to, 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 to get the grind right, I kept going higher and higher and higher and higher. So the Scandi basically turned into a yeah. full flat by the, by the time I'd matched up Me both too. sides. Um, but it, it, is just, it is just practice. Um, be very sort of confident and firm when you're setting that bevel with a with a new belt. Get that bevel in nice and nice and tight. Um, what I used, I used a a, a Pythagoras calculator online um, because you can work out what what degree. And I think you've got the angle right anyway of what of what you wanted. But if you think of Pythagoras being able to use that to work out an angle, so if you look at the the spine, the width of the spine. If you divide that by two, which will take you halfway to the spine, is where, where your edge should be. So that's one side of your triangle. The other, the other side of the triangle is the is the height of your blade, as in the uh, yeah, well, the, the height from the 
heel to the sorry from the spine to the cutting edge that's the other side of the triangle because you know both of those you know the other one's going to be 90 degrees so once you've worked out that angle um you know what the angle's going to be use um set set your platen or your jig whatever whichever way you're going to set your set your angle be very firm on there um, with a new belt um, but with regards to the bit that's maybe a bit thinner than the rest that will just come down to practice and um, with pressure um, you say yours was thinner on the belly. I generally find with, with my grinding that I get thinner closer to the plunge line. Um, and it's just something that you'll work out over time when you're putting pressure on. If you're using like a, a 2x72, quite often you'll find that in the middle, sort of two inches away from your plunge line, you'll find that bit gets thinner quicker. Simply because if you're moving your blade back and forth, that bit is getting hit twice for every time that either the the plunge line or the tip is being done that middle bit is being done twice so it's all about just getting your pressures right um you don't necessarily have to uh raise that uh grind line up too much to br to bring down the thickness just put a bit more pressure on there and blend it in as you go in and, and you should be good it's it is just practice i'm afraid regarding a scandy grind uh my understanding or i always assumed or thought I understand, understood that a Scandi grind was actually a single bevel, but based on yeah. the question, it sounds like it's he's he says he's grinding on both sides. So ah, no, I'm so it's, it's not that. like a chisel grind. The... A okay. chisel grind would be one, but a Scandi grind is just a really deep grind, um, really? which you know is like a zero grind it goes right to the edge. So there's no there's no secondary bevel on there, but it is the same either side. Um, so what I've done in the past, I've done Scandi grinds and they haven't quite worked out. So then I will use a, a secondary uh, bevel again. And I think that's called a sabre grind then when you put the, another thin edge mm. on top of a Scandi grind. Sure. And it just gives you that extra beef behind the edge. But um, yeah, I mean, what have you guys got? He's, he's getting thinner, uh, closer to the belly. Is there any, any simple fixes for him there? I mean, obviously if you can't, add so you have to go you have to mark where it's thicker and then take away i same same you know when i'm sitting on the on the grinder it gets thinner in the middle than it does the tip because i'm always starting with a little i have to be mindful that i'm not starting pressure right as soon as i start in i know mm -hmm. some people start like ahead of the um where the plunge line is and kind of feather back to kind of not put so much pressure on the uh on that starting spot but yeah it's just you know you gotta take away the, the the excess and leave the i don't know man i don't know i have no idea it's, it is just I'm practice tired. isn't it it's something that over yeah. time you'd be able to gauge the, the pressure required yeah um yeah. speaking of you said you said you leave the beef this is something you said about the beef i was wondering if you guys had any beefs because i have a i something came up that just now that i have a beef just now yeah is it not... me no 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 <laughs> it's your beef <laughs> me <at> you <laughs> what are you so anxious about where did this come from where did this sense of enlightenment come from no i don't have a beef about anybody here i'll tell you what we're, we're two hours in let's leave the questions for next week we got we got bucket loads of questions um and let's go to we got beef so i don't have a beef <laughs> I I've actually had a really nice week, and I'm I'm very chilled <laughs> out this week, so I'm I'm pretty good. Morocco, anything that's been grinding your gears this week? Yeah. So, 
You know, I don't think anybody likes stepping in dog shit, but <laughs> I. <laughs> but I especially fucking hate it, and I especially fucking hate it when uh. it's at the place where I rent my shop, and that the other tenants have dogs that they walk right by my shop, and they let the dog shit there. So we've moved and... from the roads to the sidewalk now for your beefs. Is that yes. The, the oh, I got plenty of road beefs, but I'll save them. <laughs> I don't think anyone um... likes to fucking step in dog shit. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, but seriously, there's a lot of property. There's a lot, of, and a lot of great places for a dog to make a poopy. But this guy doesn't pay attention at all. And the dog shits in front of my door at my shop all the time. And Ugh. and it's not, I say all the time, but it's it's like once a month or something like that. I have to, I almost step into a landmine. And like three days ago, it happened because it actually blended right in. I couldn't see it. Ugh. And I, all I, I was five steps into my shop and I could oh, smell it. I was like... Ugh. I was like, what the fuck is that? And I, turned, I could smell it. I saw it, and I was like, ah! And so I got to clean off my boot. I got to clean off the shop floor. I got to pick up his dog's shit and throw it into garbage can. The worst part is that the garbage can is less than two feet away from where his dog took a shit. Oh. And so all I could think is, like, like, either have your dog shit somewhere else or... God forbid the dog poops where people walk. Pick the damn shit up, especially if it's right next to the garbage can. Garbage can. It's so frustrating. It's it's so inconsiderate. It reminds me of when I lived in Denver. I swear to God, everybody had a dog and nobody cleaned up after their dogs. It was disgusting. Mm. It was so surprising walking around that town and seeing anywhere where there was a little tree, tons of shit. None of it had, like, there was just always poop all over the place. It was terrible. I have off your dogs, people. I have and a story. My, 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 my first, the first guy I ever worked for out of college, the second guy I worked out of college, actually, Sunset knows this guy. Um, we Fuck had a dog. shop in Greenpoint, and he had, uh, there was a parking lot. It was a Cajun parking lot. And there was one of the tenants who used to let their dog into the parking lot, and there was shit everywhere. The, the guy, would, there would be, like, I mean, like, it was almost like little mounds everywhere of dog shit. So the guy I was working for was so mad. He got a pair of gloves. He picked up all the dog shit. And then he tucked it underneath the handles of this guy's car. Oh, and there you go. And then put the rest oh, of it on the windshield move. wiper. Sure. Oh. So, like, he tucked it. He smushed it in underneath the door. So he, when the guy opened the door, he had to put his oh. hand in there. Oh. It was. I was like. I was like. You know. You are a grown man. I cannot believe you're doing this. He's. Just, you know. And he was like. He just. He's, this guy's got to learn. I'm like. Eh. And the windscreen wiper. That's uh, a good move. It was pretty gross. But I. I. I am very conscious of that because, you know, my. I. I once my dogs had some real bad mess and I actually drove home, got buckets of water and wa washed this part of the street down because I was so embarrassed because part of a you're part of a community. It's like. I don't understand yeah. it. I don't, I don't understand that at all. Yeah. Well, it's like yeah, it's like a responsibility to your neighbors kind of thing. It's like it's like, like, it's like well, now now, now that you're pissed off at them, it's like yeah. why can't you just control yourself? So if I you're listening that. on Monday morning, I hope you're enjoying your breakfast, people. <laughs> Seriously. Poop talk. 
I try not to deal with business in my in the DMs because I forget or or you know we have a system in place with our website where everything gets cataloged and we deal with it so and Tony hates it when I do business on DMs you know sometimes it's a friend or something like that well we'll kind of I'll try to expedite something but it's like we're now we're focusing on everything going through the website because it just makes life easier so I, you know, once in a while you make something for a chef who's known or whatever, who has his own fans. I got slipped into my DMs by this person who was such a dope. This person wrote, this is what they wrote. I'm not famous, but I want the knife that you made for, insert the name of the chef. And I want you to DM me all the details and the price, price that it's going to be. And I want you to do that for me. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm reading this thing like, what is wrong with this human being? It was like this, it was, I'm not famous as if I only will make, you know, knives for famous people, which is not the case. I'll take everybody's money. I don't give a fuck, you know, but it was this, it was such a <laughs> poor way of getting me to interact because it was just like, I know you only make knives for famous people. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to work twice as hard for me to make this happen. I just wrote to him, I wrote to this person, I said, I'll make you whatever you want, but you got to go through the website. I don't do it through DMs. And it was this very, like, contentious. He was already mad at me, mm. you know, and already setting this tone of, I don't know if he's trying to guilt me into doing, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh. It was just like, this is Ugh. not the way you communicate. You know, it's just like, don't try to guilt me into trying to, to make you something and then make, be, make me work harder to some sort of demand. It was bizarre. It was like a, the most bizarre email. It was like, what were you, what were you trying to do? Yeah, so, so weird. I mean, you Super said weird. at the top of the show how you get messages from people and they're very... Uh, Acerbic. Very forward with you immediately. And I, yeah, I, I'm finding that more and more as well with the sort of messages coming in. I, and whether it's people because they maybe they hear our voice on the podcast right. and they... They, some, they think they know us. They think they know us. But yeah, this, you know, but I wouldn't... I, you know, my friends wouldn't message me in some ways that some people do, you know? And it, sure. it's I find it very strange. Well, the, it, it is, strange. especially with Knife Talk. I, I think that everyone is so used to our our, our conversations and our, our voices and the way we talk that they just assume that they can do the same thing. You know, once in a while on when I on the Full Blast podcast, they talk about how they call me fat ass, and once in a while I'll get someone's hey, fat ass. And it's just like, yeah, you don't really kind of know me, so this isn't really mm-hmm. working for me. But no. look, people get crazy. People are crazy. It's because they don't have, they have this disassociation from reality. You know, they don't yeah. know the per. You don't talk to people you know that way. No. So, regarding so we're going to finish the show by thing. insulting all of our yeah. listeners. It's yeah. <laughs> Mister Fader to you, not Fader. <laughs> Mister Fat Ass. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. That's a show. That's a show. <sighs> um, yeah, we shall speak to you uh, next week. Um, in the meantime, if you've got any questions, contact us via DM at Knife Talk on Instagram. It's that easy. And we shall speak to you all very soon. Bye for now. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.